Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Monday the 30th of May 2011. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Robert Kemp. And my Budweiser. And Zachary Burgess. Other beers really are available. Trying, you should really try and vary your intro, intros a bit more. It's you think? repetitive. I think rep- repetition is what people like, though, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. That, well, that, that's the suggest? key to the start of podcasts, I, I think. Like, all the classic ones, like, well, how does the giant bombcast start every single time the same? He I'm says more or less the same thing, apart from he always says it differently. Yeah, but you guys mix it up by... You're, you're, I'm the I'm the common element that stays the same, and you guys part changes every time. That makes and sense. Most of, their intro, again. most of their intro gets interrupted anyway. So. I, I guess so. What what do you suggest I should go with then? No, no, just play different words. <laughs> uh, bonjour, welcome and aus. The cast of salads. Das podcast. I think we did I'm... that before, didn't we? I'm the man who is talking and telling other people when and when not to talk of this podcast. Uh, what's up, guys? What's <laughs> up, guys? Uh, it, how does the how do other ones start? I don't know. We should keep Hi. self-analyzing our own one. Hi, this is a podcast about games. There are two people with me. I don't really care who they are. Let's go. <laughs> the best one was when Ross Atherton was doing the PC Gamer podcast back in the day, because he'd always go, "Hello and welcome to the PC Gamer podcast," like that. And that would Hello. be it. Hello and welcome to the PC Gamer podcast. So we're the uh, sidecast. So well, what I do else would you intro. say? It's like and happy listening. <laughs> Good ears. <laughs> Good ears. <laughs> <laughs> Good ears. <laughs> We just go. No, and so next time it'll be the fish, and then good ears, and then so what you've been playing? <laughs> yeah, really fine listening to you. Surely that's what the the audience should say. Fine listening <laughs> to you. We say good ears, and they say fine listening. Go Irish and go <laughs> top of the ears. <laughs> top of the ears, do you? Top of the ears. Top of the podcast. Okay. Who are this Enough analysis there, Zach? Yeah, we probably need to... I suspect we need to actually do podcast shit. Because I suspect that... Despite the fact that, that every time we say we haven't played anything, I suspect this, this will be another one full of actual things. No, I've got oh, a bit so to talk about it again. We got to move on to actual what you've been playing situations, do we? Already, yes, it's only been three minutes. So. Okay, let's get going. Uh, who wants to go first this week? This time, I'm going to let you fight it out for the chance to go first. Who wants it? Who wants it? <laughs> oh fuck it, I'll go then. Yes, you always you know. go first. Okay, Rob. Rob, I, I do always go first. That's true. Fuck it's it. cool that, though. Take it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Zachary Burgess, what you've been playing? I'm going to enjoy oh. my beer. Yeah, <laughs> let <laughs> him enjoy his bad. That does give you mm. a good reason to not talk for a while. Oh, Hell yeah. Attach my chair. Your what? Wait, I've, I've got a cableage problem here, hold on. Oh, I thought you said your okay. kippers were attached to your chair. No, that was the fish intro. We're, not, we're, we're now in the podcast, no more fish. My kippers. 
Um, well, what have I been playing? Well, there's some things that I needed to mention. Oh, wait, there's an important matter of yet another corrections column first. Oh, oh yeah, right. I've got a few corrections column, column items as well. So you some, Of some shit that Columns. I spouted out last week, lol. Yeah, right. I've got one that you said that's definitely wrong, so I don't know if it's... Well, it's probably this one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it's like, you totally cannot be gay in Mass Effect 2. That's the you one. Totally that's can one. in Mass Effect 3. I've written that down. Yes. No male homosexual pairing in Mass Effect 2. But Which makes even less sense. For Mass Effect 3. <laughs> so now, Jacob is not gay, supposedly. Unless he is in 3. Possibly. It's, no, he's not coming back, though, because everyone hated him, right? They've t- they've... That doesn't necessarily mean he won't come back. <laughs> no, he but... might be one of those, like, you just meet him characters. Yeah. For gay yeah, sex. probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's opened a brothel in the Citadel. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So yeah. That That's not going to make any sense story-wise. It's bad enough where it's like, oh no, we've got to save the universe, and like, this is totally a suicide mission, so we'll have to have a really kind of awkward, stupid romance. And now it's like, now it's even worse by the point you get to Mass Effect 3. It's like, everything is totally fucked up, but we still find time for Chang'ing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, the, fine it's time the key for element that makes us human, or whatever. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, other Mass Effect 2 um, corrections uh, from a previous podcasts. I I called that that Asari a wizard lady. Oh yeah, we couldn't remember what the hell the uh, it's it's, it's just just a car. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> and also from even further back, uh, I was talking about Assassin's Creed, and I called uh, the lady playing the lady playing the womanie. In the, in the modern day times, <laughs> whatever her name is, I called her Kristen Stewart, but it's not. It's Kristen Bell, Christian Kristen Bell, Christian the Bell. one from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, or whatever it is. Oh, so yeah. yeah. So there, correction, Scotland. Yeah, I think that's all of them. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember anything else I needed to correct. Maybe something will come to me. I suppose I could correct the fact that I mistakenly thought the Need Market Ice Cream Fans music was a pop song. <laughs> But it wasn't. It was the Cornetto which... tune, which makes sense. Unfortunately. Well, it's close enough. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, messages. This is stealth messages that we're now going to announce <laughs> on the air, because Rob was <laughs> trying yeah. to be stealthy. Apart from you can hear Rob typing, so it doesn't really <laughs> yeah, help. Yeah. <laughs> oh, balls. <laughs> yeah, that's a message oh, for oh, you, Zach. So pay attention, because I can hear myself, so carry on. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to, yeah, that. sort of do do <laughs> podcast engineering on the sidelines when I, now I don't have recording control this week. But Rob's typing so is too loud. Yeah. So you need not to type. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to think of an alternative means. And Rob's right. chair. Right. Zach, anyway, yeah, what sorry. have you been playing, uh, man? Um, Computer games. Wait, I'm sure there was something else I was going to say. Oh, wait, no, never mind. I was coming on to the games I was going to actually have been playing, I guess. Uh, it's like... So, first of all, I want to go back short for a short bit of Tropico 3, even though I haven't really actually played that very much. But I remembered something else about it when I did play it for a few moments that I wanted to say that was another one of those kind of... Because you remember how I said I thought that it was made by the same people who made that Dungeons game? And yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that is true. <laughs> That's okay. not a correction. But um, you remember when I was talking about the Dungeons game that they had basically almost precisely completely ripped off Dungeon Keeper's comedy aspect with, like, the announcer guy who would talk about this nice, pleasant place that you were making all shitty. Yeah, of course. 
<laughs> when I was playing playing um, Tropico, I realised that they've done almost exactly the same thing, only they've precisely ripped off SimCity, because there's several constant mentions of llamas and, uh. <laughs> and like, llamas doing stupid shit, and you can breed llamas, and it's like, well, okay, breeding llamas kind of makes sense, but... Yeah, at least. I mean, But there's several other enough. mentions of, like, various llama-related activities, and it's like, wait, so you've just completely ripped off SimCity's joke? That's incredibly strange. <laughs> Yeah, but presumably it's a reference. And also, presumably, the llamas in, Sips, in SimCity are a reference to Jeff Minter, are they? Do you think? Yeah, presumably. The, like, there's no reason for them to be in SimCity other than it being some ridiculous, incredibly long-standing in-joke that goes back to some horrible ancient time. Well, you know, Llamatron and all that. Do you remember Llamatron? Uh, yeah. Where How you can sp- I forget Llamatron? It's like <laughs> what Robotron should have been. And weren't there, there were more than just Llamatron game, games with, Jeff Minter games with llamas in, weren't there? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, well, Lama-tron he did that space one... giraffe, didn't he? But I don't think that's moving away from llamas somewhat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it just might as well have been a reskin of a llama to, into a giraffe. <laughs> Basically the same Slightly longer neck. Because I think I played Llamatron on my, on my parents' Vic-20 that they got out of the attic at one point. Vic-20 being, I think, a precursor to a Commodore 64. Um, hmm. uh, it was pretty cool because it had a version of BASIC on it, so you could actually program stuff on it. But uh, I, it had, I uh, had the Amiga version. It was awesome. Of Llamatron. <laughs> yeah. You run around Just all the sounds it made was fucking mental. And you shot acid out of your mouth like a real llama, but it was sort of space super acid. Well, they were more like lasers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of like basically lasers. lasers. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so Tropico. Bo, 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 bo. Plenty of references to things that are probably referencing something else. Yeah. Can and, you change um... the speeds, and does it have like animal named speeds, like cheetahs? <laughs> no, it doesn't quite go that far. Uh, Although I don't think it, many SimCity games have done that since, like, two. What was it? African Swallows. That in 2000, theme. didn't it? Or is that 2, I suppose? Did 3 yeah, not have that? Two. I don't know, actually. I can never remember much about 3, because it was so shitty that I, yeah. like, I bought it, and then I stopped playing it very quickly. Some people really <laughs> like 3, don't they? Like weirdos. <laughs> it's one of the... I think at the time, it was probably too difficult for us. Like, if I yeah. went back to it now, I'd probably be fine. Well, SimCity 4 is pretty hard if you don't have, like, advantages. Like, the when I was playing it at first... I didn't quite fall that bad, and I'm shit at those games. (laughs) Yeah, but that was always the funny thing, where like you look at look at you look at like my city, where I'm I'm super ridiculously obsessive about it, and I've already basically planned out every single place where there's going to be road right at the start level, so I know exactly how it's going to be shaped. It's like I'm going to make nice avenues here and stuff, whereas Rob just chucks anything into a big pile, and somehow it still works. (laughs) True, it did work. But I think I built a massive city that spanned the entire map, and I think it only worked because it was right next door to Rob City. <laughs> yeah, that didn't oh, help. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Suspect. I don't think The whole it neighbourhood thing in SimCity 4 was pretty helpful, wasn't it? Because if you, if you had something you'd already started in the, in the region next door to yours, yeah. you, you'd get a lot it of was like, helpful, passing benefits. It was weirdly terrible as well. It's like sometimes it could completely screw you up as much as it could help. More often it would help. Well, if it was just like a generic other city, like you just because the classic thing to try and do in SimCity 4 was like build an entirely residential city and then have oh here's a train. I forgot to mention now that I'm recording from my house, here comes trains again. <laughs> <laughs> trains have returned. 
Uh, it's like you'd have an indu- you'd have like your residential city, and then as a neighbor, you'd have an industrial city, and then you try and jump between the two different levels to try and balance it out. That it was actually really hard, and I don't think it worked properly. <laughs> no, it's like it wasn't actually really simulating the connection. It was just like no. making assumptions on how many jobs there were over there or whatever. Man, we need another SimCity. How long has it yes, been? Yes, we do. Like, ten, God damn it. Ten years or? No, not that long. <laughs> I don't think it's been that long since SimCity 4. What, five years? don't know. I could look it up. It's not ten years. I just years, realised that I can't pick up the box or anything because I don't have it. Oh, wait, I do have it. It's right here. <gasps> what does it say? Oh, wait, that's it, Rush Hour. It's not going to okay. say the uh, release date on the box, though, is it? It might It's do. not like a book. <laughs> well, Rush Hour was 2003, apparently. So that's the expansion. So the original so was probably two thousand one ish, so maybe ten years. Ten years, yeah. <laughs> damn it. Need so yeah. One. God damn it. But of course they can't do that any longer because they got purchased. Why did you sacrifice Axis? Why? What, who, who owns Maxis? EA or something? EA. It's like they yeah, just been... SimCity four was under EA though, wasn't it? Yeah, but that was like just published. Pretty much yeah. as SimCity 4 came out, that was the last <laughs> thing that Maxis was doing by themselves, and then EA published it, and then they EA bought them. Because they kind of they... did. Did was, were Maxis sort of split into the Spore team, or is that Maxis in general? I can't remember. Well, that is then. Spore came afterwards. That was uh, that was after the EA purchase. That was like the yeah. inside EA first thing Maxis did. I guess they make money with um, the Sims. That's how they survive. Well, yeah. Because that always. Oh, I forget. Money. I forget that's them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose they went right, for. Oh, we we can't be bothered to make Sim City because the Sims makes us too much moolah. Yeah, well, I'm sure but EA people like Sim not City. to make Sim City. <laughs> I mean, do you think we're finally like getting City, to the stage with computers? Audience. That, do you think we're getting to kind of performance levels where we can actually have fully 3D Sim City and it actually work? Well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that's really necessary. That's the thing about Simsy. It's like, well, I know, but could you get, that would... could you make it look more awesome but still have the fixed cameras? Because that was what Simsy Four basically did. Was like well, awesome look at Tropico. Buildings. That's like 3D, but fixed camera or zoom. But less around like amount of buildings and stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, you still have to have it grid based because Tropico isn't grid based, right? SimCity yeah. would have to be, because that's kind of the whole point of SimCity. Yeah, I guess. But yeah. everyone wanted nice, curving roads and shit in SimCity, even though that's yeah. totally terrible. It was like, like well, you could, can they see how they should theoretically be able to do it with curved roads, yeah, they could, where it's they... just like, it fills in an area that's bounded by roads. <laughs> yeah, that'd be okay for residential streets and stuff. Yeah. You know. It'd be difficult for, for making the autos gated to communities. figure out what to put in the space, though. I'd imagine, maybe. Well, well, they needed to improve that anyway, <laughs> auto-zoning with the streets and things. Well, to make a completely ridiculous comparison, there's, I've, I've been, I haven't really been playing, but I've been reading about the coming ridiculous continuous updates to Dwarf Fortress, and he's basically completely rewritten how it generates cities, and that basically has automatic roads and plot zoning. It, like, it generates not really a grid where it's like all angled roads and weirdly, and then it fills in with as many houses as it can fit in the slot. It's like, that's like SimCity should be. Hang on, you're saying that Dwarf Fortress isn't grid based? It, it sort it, of isn't it is, but it's grid like based. it's grid based, but not in that scale. You know, it's like obviously houses are made of like a lot of squares. And roads are like several blocks wide or whatever. So you could have diagonals and that sort of thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> much, much more squares per... Yeah, yeah per thing. Per rather than, so like, meters, one yeah. house taking up one square, like, it's, 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 yeah. if you make the smallest possible zone. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess they... It's like, they're not going to make a new city though, because... I suppose Dwarf Fortress doesn't have the problem apparently. of having to render this, the houses at a certain <laughs> size. It could just put an H on them or something. <laughs> yeah. They have all their symbols already for walls and everything in Dwarf Fortress, so it's pretty easy for them to make houses and buildings and weird underground crypts and stuff. Thing and is, I think a lot of people totally a lot of people that don't even like games that much remember playing SimCity and liking it. Because the, the, that's the, the only game you had case, on your PC. Like, in then. that case, it's like the old SimCities. And those were like the, the first easy. edition. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I suppose. They, I they were really simplistic, really. Whereas what, even... what, like... The people who are actually fans of SimCity want ridiculous complication. And it's like, that takes a lot more effort to make. To actually make a kind of simulation. Simulation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I was reading this thing about programming and stuff. And they were saying about Windows uh, that there was there's a problem in the original SimCity whereby it frees memory that and then tries to use it again after it's freed it, which was fine in DOS, or in uh, but it, then it, it crashed as soon as you tried to run it in Windows. So hmm. instead of just having it crash, Microsoft just put in a workaround just for SimCity and said, "Oh, it's okay <laughs> as long as you're SimCity, you can you break things." Which is kind of very pragmatic. Which version of Windows are we talking about? Like 3.1? 3.1, yeah, 3.1. Yeah. And subsequent <laughs> versions, I think, yeah. That's pretty ridiculous. I know, there, there have probably been quite a few sort of little tweaks like that back in Windows Day, because Microsoft would have been desperate to sort of let your old soft... In, in the way that they always yeah. have done. Like, backwards compatibility, your old That's stuff what... can still work. <laughs> so they would, they would have done perfect. some tweaks. I was telling board. Rob the other day about a backwards compatibility patch that I um, update that I saw on Windows Update the other day, and it was another you know it's another backwards compatibility thing, and it had the list of you know list of programs this affects, and it was a completely ridiculous list of like H and It's like wow now I can play Sonic and Knuckles PC on right. Windows Seven or Techno Music Maker. <laughs> it's like what? Not, they must be like fifteen years old. Those. Those crappy, crappy things. Well, not that I'm saying Sonic and Knuckles is crappy, but you know, Techno Maker. Well, why? <laughs> Techno Maker must be older than that. That must be like was, was... that must be practically first generation CD program. <laughs> There'll be someone out good. there who wants to play it and is disappointed that they can't, and now they can. They'll be like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> like one person in the entire world. Oh, well, that was quite a tangent we went off on there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's only one other thing I was going to mention about Tropico, in yeah. the, the vein of what I said last time about how it's ridiculous, <laughs> where it's like your service buildings take up more space than your residential buildings, or whatever, in the classic sort of SimCity style. I also mentioned to Rob that I was going to say on the podcast, it has the classic element of pollution, where it's like, obviously, like, built-up areas and factories makes all your pollution. But then the building that controls pollution is like the garbage dump. But it has a, an area of effect that's a circle on the garbage dump. So basically, right in the middle of your residential zone, you have to put a garbage dump <laughs> to stop the pollution. Oh, <laughs> like, that's I sort see. Of, it, it's sort of semi-third-world semi, semi third world country-esque, I guess. 
But it's sort of dumb. Yeah. Well, how does that work in Sim like, City if I had been... put Cycling Centre and then it has the little garbage truck? It's or... just... The recy- it's like the, the, the landfill site is like a specific yes. zone you put somewhere. And then the recycling center, right, yeah. it doesn't actually matter where you put it. It just reduces the overall amount of garbage you're putting into the landfill. Mm. Pollution, though, that was the other thing that was funny about SimCity, like SimCity 4, where the best counter to pollution was just to build walls of trees. Because <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, just yeah. absorbed so much pollution somehow. You couldn't move past it. So you used to always surround all your... Uh, surround your path with, like, two or three squared width of just trees. <laughs> yeah. It's not severe pollution mitigation. Oh yeah, that was pretty stupid. Or the or the classic SimCity trick of just build it on the edge of the map, so you don't have to worry about at least half the amount of pollution, because it does overlap <laughs> into other neighbouring cities as well, of course. Okay, <coughs> not my That's Tropico then. Yeah, that's Tropico. I guess I maybe should play that more again because I've been it's distracted. Quite... By this next I have thing, to say, I have having now seen it in action, the level of detail was quite impressive. <laughs> yeah, it, like it vi- pretty... visually, I mean, it's like although they did make some stupid decisions, like they went to the effort of you know, I'm, I brought this up while looking at it. they went to the effort of making like a day night cycle for for how things look in the game, but made it so it happens quite suddenly, so the sun suddenly shifts across the sky to like. Uh, twilight mode, and so all the shadows and stuff shift in in like a few seconds, and then it stays there for ages. And it's like, well, you could have like programmed if you were going to go to that effort of making the transition look nice. Surely you could have gone to the effort of just having the whole day night cycle play out smoothly, so the shadows kind of move around and stuff throughout the game. And yeah, you know, I'm not sure the, whole what the idea of that was really. Yeah, it's pointless. It's not even it? like it's, it's based on a, days or visual. anything. Obviously, it's month. No. You know. Months are passing in seconds. But yeah, I was yeah. distracted from that by the other thing that I played way too much of in the last two weeks. <laughs> this is Terraria. Yes. So Terraria. 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 They pronounced it weirdly when they did the quick look on John Bomb. I'm not sure what he said. It, was, it wasn't Terraria. So you've been Terraria. playing Minecraft in 2D, have you? Yes, that's basically what it is. It's like okay. 2D Minecraft, only as if Minecraft was was an actual finished game. Because <laughs> it's like basically like you lose the 3 ness and like, well, I don't know if you lose anything else in particular. You lose the 3 ness but you sort of gain a much greater variety of like enemies and items and stuff, and like weird shit that you could make, like lightsabers and lasers. <laughs> How do you make a lightsaber? What do you have to mine for that? Like uh, you have to, thing? you have to like. First of all, you have to get a meteorite to land on your world, which is you do by like breaking a shadow orb in a corrupted area, or it could just happen randomly. So you get a meteorite to land, and then you have to have an uber pickaxe to mine the meteorite, or <laughs> and then you get the meteorite or into, into a meteorite bar, and then you get some gems from underground, which changes the color of your lightsaber, so you can make different colors. Ah, just like in the Star Wars universe. Yep, sort of. The extended. It's totally universe, funny. So, so, so yeah. just just to just to be clear, we don't want any Star Wars fan trying to attract meteors to the planet just to build <laughs> lightsabers. Yeah, that's true. So, can and you use not your light, lightsabers light anyway? They're phase blades. Oh, of course, course they are. Because you can't call them lightsabers, obviously. Like in uh, Smash Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't Beam use mine. It's just a weapon. Oh, but you can fight monsters with it. 
Yes, lots of monsters. There's a lot. It's like it has the same elements of like Minecraft, where it's like when it comes, when night comes, here comes some zombies. Yeah, it's like that's exactly the kind of same. And then like, but then it's got like as you go deeper into the world, you get different enemies and stuff as you go further underground, and that kind of thing. So it's... are people playing this mainly as a game rather than as a sandbox, make the USS Enterprise kind of thing? Yeah, I get the feeling that's probably the case. It's more like an actual game with like a progression where and boss monsters and stuff. Where, well, how do you, you get know... to a boss then? Do you just find well, them underground? Or there's like there's only three in the game at the moment, and there's it's like one of them can just appear randomly after your health is at a certain level, I think. And then one of them is from the shadow orbs in the corrupted area again, instead of the meteorites. You get also get this specific boss, and then there's one that's guarding a a randomly generated dungeon at one side of the map, and you have to defeat it to earn access to this dungeon. And what's in the dungeon? Uh, so the like... boss isn't at the end of the dungeon. The boss is just to get into the dungeon. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then inside at which the dungeon... point, there's nothing to really heavy to fight inside the well, dungeon. Well, you get a lot. Minions. It's like you get a lot of enemies in the dungeon, and they actually do quite a lot of damage compared to just about any other enemies in the world at that point. It's like the boss monster is pretty hard. The only it's like it's not so hard in terms of staying alive. But it's hard because it's time limited. It's like if you don't defeat it during the night, it just kills you. <laughs> <laughs> so you only have a, you have to have a certain damage output basically to be able to defeat it in time. But yeah. So what's in in the dungeon that's good? Like really good loot or something? You yeah, you get that's where you get the my... ridiculous things like the, the like laser guns and stuff. Because oh, naturally they're at the bottom of the dungeon, right? Laser guns. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Or on a floating island. If you want to find one of those, does, th- does it have gravity, or do things float in the sky, Minecraft style? It's basically exactly the same as Minecraft, where like only sand is affected by the gravity, and all the other bro- blocks will just stay where you put them. So, Except for trees. Although normally you can't build blocks in midair; you have to like attach them to something, and then you can remove everything else, so they stay in midair. Right. Yeah. And yeah, like Rob said, trees, unlike Minecraft, where you could just punch a little bit out of the middle of the tree in Terraria, they're more like actual trees, and well, they look more like actual trees, and then when you attack them with your axe at the bottom, the whole tree just spontaneously combusts into wood, <laughs> and then falls onto you. Alright, like, poof, fell, fell trees or anything, they don't fall over, they no. just disappear. Yes, they just spontaneously go, and then it all falls on your face, and then you collect it all. Hmm. And so, yeah, it's it's also quite a lot like Dwarf Fortress in its sort of underground pos- progression as well, where it's like you start off on the surface where it's like mostly dirt and then some rock, and then as you go down you get into more rock than dirt, and then you get like underground mushroom forests and that kind of thing, and then of course eventually when you get to the bottom it's like, oh look, you've entered hell. Fun times. Lava. <laughs> so it's got different strata. Yes, basically. Which Minecraft doesn't really have it, in the same yeah, way. Yeah, Minecraft only has that in sort of the, the element of, like, the different minerals only appear at different depths. So it's like right, you only yeah. get diamonds right at the bottom of the world. Yeah. But it's not like a different tile Biome set or whatever. for no. each layer. No. In Minecraft. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, basically... It's like, this is basically clearly a... It's like, this is a 2D rip-off of Minecraft, or not really It rip-off. is a rip-off, is it not? It's like, 
Well, people have been saying in their reviews of, of this that it's like Minecraft has now become a genre. It's like a exploring and building genre or something. Hmm. And this is just like another game in that genre. It's like, well, okay, I guess. That's yeah. It's like saying, that, I mean, first-person shooters are all Doom clones, right? So, well, I mean, would you put would you put like Worm in this category as well then? Because that's kind of I don't exploring know. and building. It's well, a lot different to yeah. this, though, isn't it? I mean, it's like <laughs> it's also I in Java. Long. Well, I thought <laughs> yeah, that same, Worm same and guy. I thought Worm and Minecraft are similar, but actually, despite the fact that this has lost a whole dimension, it's a lot more similar to Minecraft than Worm is, isn't it? The Terraria. Oh yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, it's to do with like the block block element of it, isn't it? Whereas in Worm, it's more like a sort yeah. of a sheet of a world that you modify the literal nodes on it. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. I was watching the quick look uh, on Jargon of Terraria just briefly, yeah. and they said it had been made in XNA, but in like two months by yeah. like two guys. Supposedly. That's wow. cool. Yeah, maybe. We should... <laughs> That's cool. I, I... I still want to like investigate X and A when I know a bit of C sharp. See if we can make a game. Oh. I was about to say in two months. That's pretty impressive. Oh, well, they probably worked the... on it full time, but I don't know. Well, apparently yeah. the main reason it came out at this point was because it got leaked, basically, and everyone was downloading it illegally. So they were just like, "Oh well, fuck it, we'll just release it and hope people pay for it." And then people but it's did. More finished than Minecraft. That's the ironic. Yeah, thing. that's the thing. It's like basically this sort of is a rip off of Minecraft. Or a genre of Minecraft, a genre rip off. But then it's like, if Minecraft fails to rip off everything in this game by the time it actually comes out of beta, then they, they will have failed. <laughs> What's the thing? How long has Minecraft been about? And I thought Minecraft had like a full on team now. It and does. And they've got. Seems... They've, they've defined an actual release date as well. Slow. Well, they do keep adding stuff. Yeah, they uh, have. I mean, the maps update has actually gone through now. I mean, people keep complaining that the main guy keeps going on holiday, but if you just came across, like, millions (laughs) and millions of dollars, like, and then you hired a whole team to make your game, I would... It's because he he made the classic error of, like, here's my Twitter account or whatever, or here's my Uh, blog that I post stuff in, but he doesn't post... You you get the feeling, well... He probably does go on holiday a bit too much. <laughs> or just random, like, here's a, I'm gonna go do a talk about Minecraft or whatever. Yeah. But, it's the classic thing of like, you're only posting about the interesting shit rather than the day to day I'm doing programming. So it looks a lot worse than it probably actually is. Yeah. Mm. But what, it, surely he's said something about, cause he's quite vocal, isn't he? So, yeah. cause he said something about Terraria. He must have done, not, he basically, or is he just not saying anything. He basically linked it himself in his Twitter when oh, it came out. He was like, then. buy this, and then everyone did. Because <laughs> he's done that. So he knows games, about it. Hasn't he? Like, non-Minecraft-related games. But he's already promoted stuff, hasn't he? Yeah. And then, to some a bit like Penny Arcade mentioned something, and then everyone floods to it. Yeah. I was about to say, could you fashion. argue that Terraria isn't exactly in direct competition because the level of... Um, how do you describe it? Sort of creativity that is possible within Terraria isn't quite so uh, grand as what you yeah. can achieve in, that's why in it, Minecraft. So it's, it's kind like of that's... like gateway Minecraft. Yeah, kind of. I guess. <laughs> well, it, it's like it's like they say about the sort of it's more of an actually game where you're like running around and fighting stuff than just building things. It's like mm. the main element of Minecraft is making awesome shit rather than the monsters because the monsters are just sort of. Dumb and annoying in Minecraft, more than dangerous. <laughs> Not to say that the AI is amazing in Terraria either. It's just like walk, walk towards. towards. 
but that's really fine. There's not much they can ever do really to that. Thing is that um, melee, first person melee, never works no matter how hard you work on it. Well, I can't say never because there's occasional game that make it look okay. Well, like... they they say The Witcher Two has pretty good oh, melee yeah. combat. Do you remember the uh, Butcher Bay, whatever it was, Chronicles of Riddick? That was sort of okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, obviously, uh, well, Oblivion, not that great, but not great. <laughs> no. There. Presumably, Skyrim will do something about. It. I'm just thinking like. It, 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 the Terraria has an inherent advantage in combat mechanics purely because you can see your character. And if you yeah. make Minecraft third person, it wouldn't work because the camera would get stuck everywhere. Well, you can uh, toggle third person in Minecraft. Oh, can you? you? Does what? It, what happens with the camera? It just like it's third person camera. It just it goes third you. person. Yeah. yeah, but when you're in a mine that's one, two. You know, cute yeah, people. I imagine that's probably quite bad. I don't know if it clips or whether it bumps off the walls and then like clips into you. <laughs> I haven't actually tried it. I've only ever turned it on on the surface to be like, look at me standing in front of my farm. Lol. Yeah, it wouldn't really work for mining, would it? No, I don't imagine so. In a 3D world, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so um, what was the other thing I was going to mention about Terraria's? Oh, yeah, it's like, if Minecraft doesn't rip this off, all of its stuff, by the time Minecraft comes out, then it will be really bad. But it's like, they they have literally set a release date for Minecraft where they say this is going to be the yeah. point where it's not going to be beta any longer. It's like the 11th of November this year. And where they will start charging full price. Full right? price, yeah. But that seems when you like... you say full price, do, do, are they going to start charging for like AAA title full price? Or <laughs> no, are it's like... like a few quid? I think it's like 20 or something. Yeah, it's like 20. the sort of region that they're that's, going into. It's still a bit high for something that's been free for so long. It's not well, it free. It's free. never been free. Zach paid <laughs> well, it had for it. been free technically. There was a but version still... of it that was free. I was about to say you can still play it without paying, though, right? Not uh, really. I'm not sure if you can any longer, unless you dug up an no, old okay. ass version. Hmm. That's the crazy part about it. He's made millions off people buying a game that isn't finished. It's why I don't understand the whole buying into a beta test. It seems crazy, but I mean, lots. Of well, I mean, to it's, like it if you compare it to like the Dwarf Fortress method of people just giving, just donating money for the prospect of getting more updates to this game. It's never yeah. going to be finished, ever. He, he might as well, he, well, he probably has said as such. It's just like it's a continuous project. And for as long as he still gets, gets cash, he'll be working on it, I guess. So how much was Terraria? Is that like a finished product? Yeah, that was like some five quid or something. Actually, oh, I, right, yeah. I should probably actually look that up on Steam. So you just shoved it up on Steam. Carry on, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> yeah, it's, they just basically once it started leaking, they were like, "Oh shit, we'll just jam it on Steam as fast." Oh, it's six quid. Jam it on Steam as fast as possible and right. and get some money. But then they still got like six hundred thousand sales, and they wait fifty thousand sales, which is like six hundred fifty thousand quid or whatever. Yeah, that's pretty good. Or five hundred thousand. Yeah, extra zero. <laughs> if it, if it's built in X and A, it would be like trivial to put it on the Xbox. Yeah, but it's the classic problem of like inventory management, where it's like you it's like you open your inventory and it's just a big grid, right? And that would be quite well, a pain put... in the ass of like. Also, the fact that when you open your inventory, it doesn't pause or anything, so you're still totally vulnerable. Although the weird thing is, you can have your inventory open, but you can still like attack and move around. Oh, okay. But then that's just that wouldn't work on the on the Xbox because you need to use the same controller yeah, for doing yeah movement. Yeah, 
I don't know. And he might have to tweak it. I mean, I wonder if it works straight off on Windows Phone 7, because that runs X and A stuff. Because they're porting Minecraft to smartphones. <laughs> yeah. Which just seems <laughs> insane to me, but apparently... Yeah, I can't see well. how you could possibly play that, really. I mean, aside from... I mean, it's such a tiny, tiny screen. I mean, yes, phone screens are pretty goddamn awesome, and it can, like, yeah. have a decent resolution or whatever, but still, it's like a tiny resolution for... And, a quite difficult control scheme, I imagine, to yeah. run that around. Yeah. It's a bit of a mystery, that. But I'm sure people will buy it, because everyone needs Minecraft on the go. It's like, well, I'm if sure it if... syncs with your own stuff at home, it'd be amazing, sort of. Well, because then you can well, work on stuff on your computer. Presumably, you, just, you could just copy the, file, <laughs> copy the save file or something. I guess. I guess. don't know. It's not that we hard to see. find those kind of files. So... You recommend buying Terraria, then? Well, Terraria. if you've got six quid and you don't want to go into the hardcore, like, Lego aspect of Minecraft, but you just rather want to, like, have a Minecraftish experience but with more stabbing things, then yeah. <laughs> hmm. That's Terraria. It, to be honest, it seems like the opposite side of Minecraft than the side I'm interested in. Like <laughs> You're more interested side. in the Lego aspect. Yeah, I think that's more interesting than the whole game side with the monsters. But it would just be nice if it was a bit easier to do in Minecraft, I guess. That's true. You can't separate them without cheating. Well, I mean, that's why they still have, like, creative servers or whatever, where it's just, like, it gives you access to, like, the the palette of blocks, and then you just go and build it. But then that's, like, taking away some of the aspect. It's like, that's too too less of a game. Yeah, you need to be able to sort of sliding scale those things. You know, turn off the monsters, but and make it easier to find certain materials. Well, it'd be nice... I think Minecraft, the trouble with, it's like in Terraria, it's pretty goddamn easy to find minerals and stuff, because it's just like you just walk down a cave and there's, you know, ores in the wall. It's theoretically the same for Minecraft, but because of the 3D world, it's a lot easier for it to get hidden behind, like, just one layer of blocks can hide an entire vein of mineral from you in Minecraft. Whereas in Terraria, you can just see one square further into the wall and it's like, oh, there it is. You need some kind of awesome cheating scanner in Minecraft. Well, you, so you just can, need like, like see loads yeah, of gold you just, on the ground. There just needs to be to a, some kind of like it's it's something that people have complained about for ages in Dwarf Fortress as well. Because obviously you can only see you can't see into the rock in Dwarf Fortress. It's like, but surely dwarfs should have some kind of mineral sense because that's you know a dwarfish kind <laughs> of thing to like know where the minerals are to be able to sort of guide themselves to mine to the right area. I guess I don't know. I mean, obviously there's dwarves are in high fantasy fiction they're usually very skilled miners but i don't know if they have some kind of magical power usually they're less magical than elves <laughs> well it doesn't they? necessarily need to be magical it might just be like geology it might be like it might be like you find a tiny amount of the ore in the vicinity of the vein so they're like not quite so easy to accidentally mine around and like miss by one square or whatever yeah that makes sense hmm anyway uh it's that Terraria, then? I think. We yeah, should... I guess that is everything I need to say about it. Even though I've played it for so long, that long, there's not really that much to say about it again, as always. It's, still, it's the Minecraft problem. <laughs> it's like, you can play it forever. Yeah. I mean, you don't level up or, any, or anything, you just get better well, stuff, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the equivalent of levelling up, really. Yeah, and yeah. you do, like, level up your health and mana, so I guess that's sort of levelling up. But do that's... you lose, lose your stuff when you die and have to do a corpse run, sort of Minecraft stuff? Well, no, luckily that's one of the other things that's sort of easier about Terraria. It's like, you keep all your stuff when you die, apart from half your cash. So it's like, 
it's provided no, you just like not much of a loss. Deposit like your cash in a in a chest before you go out and <laughs> kill something. Oh, you so probably okay. you could like you could like just stash a cash and then pretty much losses completely mitigated. Yeah, and you don't really need cash for virtually anything anyway. So, so you're not going to lose your diamond pickaxe. No, right. Unless... That sounds like much less. No, all. yeah. Because that was the worst thing in Minecraft, because not only... It's okay if you die and all your stuff comes out and then you just go pick it up, but if you fall in lava in Minecraft, your stuff comes out and then all your stuff gets instantly destroyed by the lava. So it's yeah. like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and then you're screwed. I was looking on ThinkGeek the other day, because I've got a new desk and I was thinking, well, I'll order some shit to put on it. I couldn't really find anything, but they do make a foam Minecraft axe, which is all square. and. Oh, and then you can hit people with it. Yeah, awesome. you can hit people with it. <laughs> or pretend we... to mine them. Mine a wall. And they also make <laughs> uh, like a uh, baby crawler, which is apparently called a creeper in American parlance. And it's a creeper creeper, so it's green with <laughs> Oh, genius. <laughs> Put that on your baby, and it calls towards you and explains. Well. <laughs> Do you yeah. see what they did? That would only be awesome um, if it uh, also it... had like a sound box ah! imparted into it. Rob's trying to say something. Ah! Rob's trying to say something as well. Ah! <laughs> I started first, bitch. I wasn't sure. Rob got my bag. I was about to say, did you see about the, um, I think it was either Think Geek or iWoot or something that did the April Fool's joke of a Minecraft um, Never Portal. Oh, cool. A USB-powered one, so you could file, and oh. um, <laughs> so you could do, do your filing through the through this portal <laughs> on your desk. Well, don't put your hand through it, okay. otherwise go into hell. That'd be kind of weird. That's kind of cool. <laughs> it's well, a the, shame the I didn't creeper see baby any... suit should clearly have, like, a sound box in it. So just randomly while it's crawling around, it starts going... <laughs> well, they already make... ThinkGeek already make those shirts with the built-in speakers, don't they? Yeah. yeah. So I suppose they... you can't put that on babies, though. You can't N- no, put, like, maybe not. electrical things in the vicinity of babies. Yeah, I don't know. Mm, tasty electric. Anyway. They didn't have that many great things on ThinkGeek, but for my cube or whatever. You know, they have cube goodies. I couldn't find yeah, anything yeah. All I found that I really liked, but they don't make a UK version, was, um, I put it on my Facebook, I don't know if you saw, but it's, uh, um, uh, Blue Clary in the outlet by the light switch. Oh, yeah, I did that. see that. <laughs> it's a nightlight with a, of a blue canary, like in that They Might Be Giant song, uh, <laughs> but it's got the, it's got the US socket, so, but isn't that cool? Because <laughs> that whole song is written from the perspective of a nightlight. In the shape of a blue canary. It's like you can actually buy one. Yeah, now. That, that better be some hella royalties they get there. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> they. It, they don't need royalties because there's no actual connection, is there? Apart from that, it being literally the lyrics of the song. Well, that's what it's. That's <laughs> what it's named on ThinkGeek. But if you actually go to the Animac and manufacturer's website, it just says Blue Canary Nightlight. And you can't. <laughs> no, they're super close. I know, but uh, he—he's your only friend. He's not your only friend, but he's a little glowing friend. But really, anyway. So, that's all I found that was cool. Oh, and you can get the red swing line stapler from uh, Office Space. Of course. Because they don't make, originally, they never made them red. Hmm. So the props department for the film had to make a red one. And now you can actually get a red one. Why would they make a... Why why would they have to make it red for the prop? Unless it was a case of, like, you have to make it it not look like the product as it actually is. I was about to say, does it stand out more on the desk being bright red? I think it probably does. I think it was just written into the script and... (laughs) What, by someone who'd never seen seen one of those slippers before? It's like, it's red! Maybe he assumed there was a red one, and he thought red would be a good colour, so... 
I don't know. I believe you have my stapler. Believe you have my That's a building on fire. Anyway, computer games. Are you are you done then, Zach? Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I'm sure I might remember something. Oh, wait, there is something else. I, uh, not something really that I've played, but sort of news aspect, I guess. <laughs> news! It's like um, the Eve walking in stations thing has yeah. sort of, has appeared onto the test server, so they're like getting yeah. ready to actually release some aspect of it. Obviously, it's just going to be totally pointless at this point. They're like, Captain's Quarters... Press console buttons with your avatar's finger rather than just pushing a button <laughs> or something. But Feed they've also, fish. they've also, yeah, probably. I think there is meant to be a fish tank that someone said Woo. that you can buy. But that's the other thing they've it's they've introduced their like microtransactions system into right. Eve, which you uh, can buy hats for your avatar, right? Yeah, which <laughs> obviously everyone is like no. Or, you know, the e-forums are like, no, because the e-forums are automatically opposed to anything ever anyway, but <laughs> probably more so in this case. I have right. to admit, in this case, it's kind of, it is a bit of a kick in the teeth, because you're already paying subscription. Yeah, it's like, and it's then... not a free-to-play game that you're paying for stuff, it's a subscription game that you're also paying for more stuff. <laughs> and the classic It'd be okay if they that... half the subscription. It's the classic yeah, sort of quote you know. that everyone digs up. Or like the e four people naturally dig up in 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 to protest this is like you said some one of the devs said one time that like the the that like fifteen dollars a month should encompass everything about Eve. You shouldn't ha- ever have to pay more. And that's to do with like the free up, you know, free up expansions basically for Eve that they've mm. done since the start. It's like oh well, no, you're going cool. back I on like that. that. <laughs> you're making content but, that we can't access without paying even more money. <laughs> But that is Bastards. good, that, that um, free expansion thing, because World mm. of Warcraft is a bit of a joke, the way you pay you pay for the content, the new content, on top of the subscription, don't you? Don't you? you How does that work capitalism. if you're a noob to World of Warcraft? I mean, if you're well, just joining, do you have to buy the base game and all the DLC? In, well, suppose, I, I think pack? it's like, I think if you, you don't do. have, it's like you don't have access to the DLC stuff, but you, you don't can have still access to those it. areas. It's like, it yeah. doesn't, it's the base game of World of Warcraft still has all those assets in it. You just can't access it unless you, or whatever, something like that. As as usual, we don't know anything about World of Warcraft. Yeah, because you know there was that big change or whatever. Cataclysm, cataclysm. Well, that that happens for everyone, even if you don't buy Cataclysm. So that's mm. why we were confused about the release date because a patch came in to cause the Cataclysm, like a week before the release of the the actual expansion, and I think that changes for everyone, if you, yeah, that you only have the all... core game. They, they but basically you can only access the new areas if you buy, and the new services uh, and stuff, you can only have if you buy Cataclysm. Because the Cataclysm yeah. was basically like a graphics update for the whole game. Yeah. It's like they redid all the, all the original areas. Yeah. But they were also added new areas, of course, and that's what you yeah. get when you pay. That's the actual expansion part. But I think... So, yeah. uh, you do have to buy all the DLC if you start from scratch, but what happens is after like six months, then they end up bundling and discounting it into a battle chest pack that you buy that just has all the DLC in it. Oh yeah, all the expansions. Naturally. So it ends up costing forty quid with everything, rather than you know adding them all up, which would get expensive. And they want but, people yeah. to start playing. So the other problem with Eve's microtransaction <laughs> system 
is <laughs> the ridiculous confusion of adding a third currency, or what people are calling a third currency. Because you have, like, in-game money, obviously, the ISK. Yeah, and you have, real money. You, well, you have real money that you put into game via the game time card system, where it's like creating the 30-day pilot license extension cards, which are an in-game ah. item, which you can sell for in-game cash. They're the things that got hijacked in that comedy raid, aren't they? Yeah, the, yeah. where that guy got his ship blown up with like hundreds of millions of quid. pirates, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you've got those those which are like an in-game representation of real money, basically. Yeah. Essentially. So what's the but, third thing? But then the third thing they're introducing to pay for the microtransactions for, like, buying your t-shirt or whatever, you now have to take one of these pilot license extension things and break it down into a third currency where you get, like, a certain number of this new currency out of a plex, and then you spend that currency on the, on the like, t-shirts or whatever. But then you can take a t-shirt that you've bought with that currency and sell it on the market for in-game cash. It's like, ah! These are in-game t-shirts. Yeah. It's like, this is the most confusing system ever. Why did we need a third amount of cash? The only reason for it is... just sounds really bad idea and isn't doing Eve's reputation any good. No, that's basically what people have been saying. It's like, the the only reason for this third currency, really, is because... You wouldn't want one in-game T-shirt to cost the same as a thirty-day days worth of you know time, so like three hundred million years. It's like it? um, no, it's so like T-shirts don't cost more than like several values. Yeah. Although they probably will, and that's the other trouble. It's like you can guarantee that probably the cheapest T-shirt or whatever will still turn up on the in-game market for like. I don't know, hundreds of thousands of isk. And it's like, that's more than a frigate. <laughs> You're telling me that a t-shirt costs more than a goddamn spaceship. <laughs> that's some backwards economy right there. I mean, you could, so you can already use in-game isk to pay subscription, right? Sort, well, by buying those time cards. It's like someone Buy had to put card. those time cards in-game using real money at some point. Oh, I see. And then you can just buy them off. Hmm, okay. So yeah. I was wondering if they could come, they could make it so that you can buy like real, real world Eve T-shirts and card game stuff with ISK. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny. That'd be hilarious. Anyway. You might be able to do it with this new currency, maybe. Maybe they will. They, they could port that through their actual store. That'd be insane. But yeah, T-shirts and shit costing cash in Eve. It's going to be ridiculous, basically. Damn it. The fact that it's because it, half the people are like, no, this is a bad idea. It's like ruining Eve's reputation as a game that gives you free updates or whatever because you're putting the content behind a paywall and all this stuff. But then there's there's quite a lot of people on the on the forums who are just like, oh no, my immersion is going to be ruined because a t-shirt will cost more than a spaceship. It's like, well, that's a legitimate you know thing that's really dumb, but <laughs> it's not really going to ruin the game unless you're that into immersion. It depends what the t-shirts have on it. If it's an advert for Coca-Cola, then maybe. Or Quaif. <laughs> yeah. The in-game Coke. Well, you know what I mean? I guess well, that no, 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 that, that, that's still problem. fine, but... Well, that's still fine. <laughs> what, if it's you like mean stuff... if it's ad-supported clothes? Well, that would be well, extremely no, weird. Yeah, if it was like a modern-day advert. Like, get the new Intel processor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't they'll do that. I expect they'll still be, like, in universe. <laughs> I mean, it's slightly weird in TF how hats cost so much more than uh, weapons, but at least the TF universe is insane, whereas the EVE universe actually makes some sense. 
So, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, and in TF you go around it by not actually ever having to buy anything. Well, I mean, it's like you, know, you don't know, have to buy majority. anything at Eve. Not. <laughs> Apart from that's the other really annoying thing that's totally pissed everyone off. You buy a T-shirt for your guy, and it's a literal item. It's like you wear that T-shirt when you're in your captain's quarters. You get into your pod. And you stash the t-shirt somewhere in like a compartment in your pod. So if your ship and your pod gets blown up, you lose that t-shirt that you've spent real oh, money on. No. <laughs> You're not buying a license to have have this t-shirt wherever you go. You're buying a literal t-shirt. So if you don't take Which it with you, you it won't lose. be there when you get to your next station or whatever. I think they may be starting to... Cause... I can see why they'd make that decision, because that's Eve. You know, that's how things work. But yeah. at the same time, yeah, you know, it's 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 just sort of saying you you money grabbing bastards. You already make a shit ton of cash. Why do you need this system? Yeah, and that's what everyone's been saying because they posted a blog post where they were like, "Well, because we're doing so much work to make all these new assets, we need more money. So we're going to make you pay for these new assets." It's like, wait, what? <laughs> why not just make? Why not not make these new assets and then we won't have to pay for them? And then oh, maybe yeah. you could go back to fixing the game. <laughs> Which it's like we already do pay for those assets. You pay through the nose. I mean, sounds like prob- um, most players of that game are probably well. Most uh, players of that game have probably bought the game like thirty or forty times of what you'd normally pay on a single game. You know, it's especially like... considering multi multi account like standard in Eve mm. of like people it's with crazy. nine accounts or whatever. <laughs> what? My god. There was an awesome video of someone doing... doing. They would... It's like legitimate macro. Because obviously you're not allowed to use like programmatical macro or whatever. But he just had like nine monitors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with like nine different accounts on them. And then just like mechanical arms so he could push like nine different keyboards at the same time. <laughs> Attached to what nine computers. fuck? <laughs> it's like legitimate macro, lol. <laughs> That's crazy. But that's easy for you. Ridiculous multi-accounting can still be, you know, profitable, I guess. Profitable in the game terms, I guess. Well, I mean, you can legitimately... With the game time cards aspect, you can theoretically sell, you know... It does theoretically allow you to convert in-game cash back to real cash to some extent in, if, you know, if you're trusted enough that someone will buy an actual physical item off you (laughs) with in-game cash. Right, so that's the wonderful universe of EVE. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that covers me. I think I'm actually done this time. Okay. Moving on to... What have I talked for? An hour. hour. Yes. Robert Kemp, uh, what have you been playing, man? Well, a couple of new things, actually, cool. uh, on top okay. of the thing. Well, yeah, just Could just you to, finish some games? Um, <laughs> I did finish some games. I finished Batman. So you started some uh, Did I finish Batman last time? I can't remember. Uh, you've I, got it, as anyway. far as the party and the journey. Yeah, you were so. about to finish uh, Batman. Final yeah. boss. Anyway, I finished I finish Batman. And it's like, I, I don't know, the boss was, the end. The ending of Batman was kind of another one of those kind of, like a lot of Batman's boss fights felt a little bit cheap because it's just like let's throw in some dudes, have some dudes Ivy. for a bit. Oh, and then run the fuck away from 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 Joker for a while, and then throw in some dudes. It's well, just the whole know. idea of having a, like a Venom Joker seems like a bit of a cop out. Sort yeah, of. I I, you know I, I didn't mean? like that. 
It didn't seem to... <laughs> Although it was nice that they sort of explained that it was only temporary. You know, that's kind of cool, at least. It's like, oh, thank yeah. God. We're not stuck with Venom Joker for the rest of this game series. No, but uh, he's pretty so... messed up now. So <laughs> it looks like in the in the next game he's going to be pretty... Like, his face is all fucked up, from presumably from the transformation. Well, it wasn't that messed up. It was just, like, you know, bruised. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, yeah, so I finished that. It's okay. The ending. I'd, I'd noticed at the end I missed an achievement because there's that, um, the bit when you walk into the building with the party. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's achievements for being up, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know about that one, so I just kind of, I'll take this. I'll just walk past looking cool. I'll make sure not to run past this scene just to make it seem even more, uh, awesome. It's, uh, you know, just stand there. Because Batman in that game has a tendency to walk around with his chest totally pumped the entire time, doesn't he? Sort of like, yeah. Awesome. He just has to <laughs> has to flex his manliness at all times. So yeah, I missed that one, which is irritating because I can't go back and do it again unless I play through oh. the entire game again. Well, that's what I did. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I may do, time. but um, the other side I want to investigate with this though is having recently purchased a 3D monitor I have toyed with it in 3D seeing as it's probably the only 3D vision ready game that most people will own so have and you I have tried to it? say the results are pretty damn good oh really there's no sort of like uh, most games that you try in 3D will have something that doesn't work properly because they've not been designed for it but this not a problem at all. I have uh, the performance drop is particularly obvious is the is the biggest thing, and it is kind of a bit of an eye fuck when you use inspector mode. Well, yeah, because the people's skeletons will appear at the depth they're supposed to be, rather than it being sort of you know. So you end up seeing objects through other objects, and it's sort of like it's doing what three D shouldn't do. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> oh, right. But, but... Because it's like that's what it literally does in the game, but yeah. <laughs> Because it's like you see through objects in 3D, you're literally seeing through objects with 3D at the wrong depths. So you're sitting there going, eh. And and actually, I think it does the three-dimensional bit, because you then, it's harder for for you to use inspector mode somehow. You know, it uh, it makes doing the stealthy approach even harder. Um, But the fights look good in 3D, has to be said. (laughs) I'll bet they do. (laughs) And, and the general environments, uh, well, the environments in general, um, look look good in 3D. But inspector mode kind of doesn't work that well. You know, it's not by design. It doesn't work that well, probably to try. It's, it's kind of like the game is discouraging you from using it in a way because it doesn't work in 3D. And it's like, yeah, all right, <laughs> I'll take that. So wow. yeah, that's that's a bit of a shame. So it makes stealth harder, but fights are cooler, uh, and it does work. Although you will get a significant performance hit. Um, yeah, Batman. Other thing, while I'm on the 3D subject, I have tried a few other things. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, or oh, I don't know if I dropped it in earlier in conversation, but Portal 2 in 3D. Oh, that's the shiz. The shiz? It's the shiz. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the shiz knit, in fact. It's, uh... <laughs> so, what happens when you look through a portal in 3D? It works. It just looks like the portal's at the right depth and everything through the portal is at the right depth. There's a couple of glitches where on occasion where if you look at a portal from certain angles, things seem to pop out of the portal in the 3D world. But it's they're quite rare. 
And there's a couple of water reflection glitches where you look at water and the actual reflection, or <laughs> what what you see in one eye of the water is different from what you see in the other eye, and sometimes bits of the water completely don't render properly, so you'll, have, you'll only see like half of where the water is supposed to be, like there's polygons missing from it or something. Um, so some of the water doesn't work, but there's not much of that, so that's fine. Um, is there just an option in the menu, like turn on 3D, or how does it work? Um, is it built in? Well, it, 3D vision, most of the NVIDIA stuff works by um, the graphics card obviously knows where the 3D world is and where yeah, the camera so is. It... is. So the 3D vision basically just, when it's enabled, it basically just kicks in and says, right, the camera is here. I'm going to place two visual points either side of that actual camera. <laughs> and there you go. It knows what to draw in each eye because it's physically moving the render point. So do you enable this uh, on uh, in the sys tray? And then yeah, them. basically, there's a little right. program you can run. You know, in Windows Seven, it's quite nice because you just fire the start button and say "Enable 3D," and there you go. <laughs> and um, but um, uh, most of it works via this little IR transmitter thing that sits on your on your desk. And if you don't like the 3D, you can push a button on it and it turns off. Oh, cool. so that's quite cool. Does that have a slide to a point? The 3DS or not? Uh, kinda. It's it's, it's it has got a depth slider on the back of it so you can change how um extreme the effect is um up to quite an extreme setting if you really feel brave and uh don't mind severe eye trauma uh... (laughs) who would mind that (laughs) very minor case of major brain damage (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's fine. We'll just cut no them serious, out. isn't it? Serious break damage. Anyway, we'll just we'll just cut out the tumors. Is it the it's... same procedure for um uh, Batman then to to get three D? Um, run the same. Well, thing? Batman actually, because it's three D vision ready, knows how to turn it on and off. Uh, so I when see. you start the game on PC, you get that little configuration box come up, so you can choose to have it on or off from there. But I haven't tried it because I was just playing it with it on. But presumably the button would work in that scenario as well. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, there, there is an exception to that rule. Um, because I play Team Fortress in a window, for some reason the button doesn't work. It relies on whether you've turned it on or off in general from the Windows 7, well, the program prompt. Or, yeah. Not necessarily Windows 7, but whether you've hit the enable or disable thing. So windowed stuff listens to that value and doesn't listen to the button on the transmitter. Right, yeah. So you just yeah. need to set up a, like a keyboard shortcut for that shortcut. Yeah, the problem is, is you can't change it while it's running. You have to shut the program down and then disable oh, it. Oh, okay. And then, oh, okay. yeah. So there's a, there's a few hoops to jump through. Uh, but yeah, Valve stuff in 3D. In Because oh, ha- I have played Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2 and Team Fortress 2 in 3D in the past. And they are some of the best examples, actually. The Valve engine seems to cope with 3D pretty darn well. The only glitches are generally sort of things like light bloom and reflections that don't work so great. Yeah. Everything else looks fine. Um, so I would recommend that. And it's a... Uh, yeah. Portal Ooh, 2 3D. So Woo. Wave the and it runs like stink, is the thing. That's why Portal, Portal 2 in 3D so works, because it's... Because well. it, yeah. It, like, it, it runs my PC amazingly. isn't as good as your your you guys, but I'm running it at you know full not 3D but 1080p, uh, and I never noticed any slowdown. Mm. It's bizarre. It's really good. Not same that my computer is crap. And the exact same it's thing a, happens a when you're. But... 
Yeah, and you get the exact same effect in 3D on my machine. It's like it doesn't Excellent. slow down at all, which makes it yeah. even better. The effect I strongly believe, and I've said this before, that 3D is always better. The faster the frame rate, it looks far more believable. Definitely true. Yeah, and it, uh, it doesn't you know it doesn't have to trick your brain quite so much because it just looks more real, and mm. it's a uh, it's a crazy effect. But yeah, so hi- highly recommended. Um, just for those of you who are consumer savvy, I'm currently using the LG W2363D Flatron monitor, um, <laughs> which is uh, vision ready, relatively oh, the 3D well priced monitors as well. Are available. Yes, <laughs> they are available, but I just wanted to point this Not one out because good. it's quite well priced at 1080 resolution. Mm. Um, most of the other equivalents at this price range will fall into the 1050 resolution, 16 by 10 rather than 16 by 9 style. Um, yeah. So if you want a few extra pixels, this is a good option to go for. 1050? Yeah, the Samsung and um, ViewSonic iterations, which were the first two 3D monitors to hit the market, went for 1050 solutions. So what's the what's the res 1050 display? What's the width? Of because that? it's 16 by 10, which is in how widescreen monitors for PC have um, traditionally been. Surely it's like twelve hundred by nineteen twenty by twelve hundred, isn't that the resolution of the sixteen by? No, 10? it's not nineteen twenty. That's the thing. It's like sixteen something by ten fifty. Oh. Oh, so you're okay. losing it in both directions. Yeah, that's not so good. Yeah, <laughs> no, don't go for that because then you can't even run a HD content at full size with um, uh, what's it called? Barrett. I'm not saying don't go for Bars. them because they are. Better quality in terms of picture quality. Oh, okay. But for gaming, then you might as well go for the LG if you're not too worried about actual sort of screen. As I said, as I was trying to explain to you earlier, the LG has a tendency to over-sharpen, so right, some yeah. bits of text look a bit more pixely than they should do. Um, but yeah, other than that, good screen. Okay. What, the thing is, the is that if you were to jump like? up to 1080 Sorry. from another screen, just like you're talking an extra hundred pounds on most of them. So this one's a bargain. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Yeah, like the Asus and the Alienware, for instance, are the other two I can think of. That oh, and BenQ, but yeah, they're they're an extra hundred pounds from the off. So I thought I'd rather spend that hundred pounds on getting a 3D kit. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so you played the challenge mode on Batman? I have, yeah. It's kind it's of hard, interesting. It? it is hard. The problem I have with it is the same thing I tried to describe. I had a problem with the combat earlier, where sometimes you can see something coming, but you either... You, you, sometimes you know it's coming, so you push the button to do it, and then you've pushed it that split second too early before it's expecting you to push it, so you just stand yeah. there looking like an idiot. <laughs> and it's like, damn it, and you my combo! Your combo yeah. Yeah, it's annoying. The combo is so important for challenge mode. It's crazy. Yeah. It's literally one second, which is, in some circumstances, quite a long time before it well, actually it's uh, other it, circumstances. It, it feels like it's long. less than that, because even if you just take one step, you know, outside of a combo, if you finish a move and then walk one step, that's it, combo gone. You have to... The moves have to be completely attached. You can't do any normal action and expect to keep your combo... Yeah. Some of the more irritating things I think is more to do uh, that I have with those fights is when there are a lot of circumstances 
when you start getting into the challenges and trying your hardest to get the score, there's a number of circumstances where you just cannot, things just will go against you and there's nothing you can do about it. Like the ones where a guy goes and picks a gun up from the cabinet or something, you'll try your best to get over there or to batarang him from afar, but there'll be, there'll always be a situation where you get there and something happens and it's like, you can't do anything about it. And it's like the worst bugger. is when the gun's on the floor, like I was saying. Yeah, like, and the they gun just pick boxes it up and... make a sound, so you know mm. when they're getting one, so you can go over and kill them. Uh, or Plus, the enemy struggles to open so... them. Yeah, but they'll eventually get the gun out, and at that point, you knock them out. But then the gun's just on the floor, and there's no warning when another enemy's going to pick it up. So yeah. you just have to watch out, and it's that's the hardest. Because I mean, sometimes you're lucky, shot, and they'll yeah. Sometimes you're lucky, and they'll say something like, "This will hurt." Or yeah. something, and you're like, fuck! But they can say that for when they're picking up the shock sticks and the things. Or even just that... things they throw, like debris or whatever. Sometimes yeah. they chuck stuff at you. And it's like, the irritating thing with a lot of it is, is the targeting. Like, even if you're attacking guy with knives or something, if you throw a normal punch at a knife guy, he can block it, and that yeah. ruins the combo. Yeah, and it's it like, well, I didn't mean to attack you. I was trying to go for the dude next to you so I could get close and then swish you or to counter some guy next to you. It's like, no, no, that's not what I wanted you to do. Yeah. It's like, there are some difficulties of getting Batman to actually target the bloke you want. But I think perhaps a lot of those problems are because I don't do your tactic of flipping everywhere. Yeah, I constantly did that. That was the only thing that gave me time to breathe, you know. Mm. Just flipping over guys because that doesn't break your combo. Uh, so I just did that all the time, but that's just my way of doing things. I mean, there's obviously different ways. Yeah, and, uh, cool. There are there are some cases where someone runs in off from where the camera just happens to not be pointing, and you're like, mm. like if you tried to do a ground pound, for instance, which takes a lot of time, but is worth like twice the points of anything else. Yeah, um, and so it takes them that. out completely. Yeah, so but you can get attacked. Enemy. But you can get attacked while doing it. You but can. It's, uh, yeah. So someone runs in off screen. They tend to just run towards you and attack immediately when you're attempting one. So it's like, oh crap! I thought I'd down them all. I didn't realize there was another dude off screen. Yeah. It's like, Damn it! And if you have knocked them all over, um, there's no way you can kind of guarantee that once you've done the ground pound, one of them will have stood up, so that mm. you can continue the combo. You know, if you yeah, want to do there, are, there are. That's the other thing. Sometimes you'll lack your. Or, for instance, this is quite annoying, there seems to be an occasional inconsistency about how far Batman will move to do the ground pound. I mean, there'll be times where I've, I've knocked a guy to the floor, but he's, like, with a batarang or something, but he's halfway across the room, so you press the combo to do a ground pound, and he'll just jump, like, a few feet in front of him, and it's like, no, 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 go over to that guy. Like, you wouldn't normally, if I told you to do any other move, you'd go to that guy and get him yeah. down. And it's like the ground pound seems to be the one that doesn't work very well compared to yeah. the rest of the moveset. Which is a bit frustrating. You're like, fuck, my, my, my free flow perfection bonus. But yeah, so you've been, it's, still, uh, it's, it's still good, but I might not bother with trying to tackle them all because it is quite frustrating. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of masochistic. I only really did it so I could get all yeah. the achievements. For a, I spend like an hour day. on doing one of the challenges. You like easily that. could, <laughs> yeah. You easily. mean like Super Meat Boy, for example? <laughs> Yeah, but that's the thing. The, the problem I have with like with challenges like that is when, once I'm started, once I'm into them, yeah, I can't stop until I've done it. Yeah. And, it's good uh, to have that kind of conviction, but then you end up spending 
or a lot of time, time and achieving very yeah. little. And it's like, I should probably yeah. be starting Bulletstorm or something <laughs> after a while. Yeah, I've had that for months and haven't opened it. <laughs> no, I, I still day. haven't opened it. Sorry, Mum. I know you've, you've been playing other things. Yeah, what else I have you been playing, man? Uh, well, let's tackle Valkyria Chronicles because that's the other big thing I kind of started. Okie doke. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles. Advanced Wars for 3D. <laughs> for, for 3D. It was basically how it plays, man. isn't it? I mean, Zach, you've watched me play it a bit now. Yeah. And um, it, that's pretty much how it works out, isn't it? It's Advanced Wars as if there was no grid. Yeah. And line of sight although, made sense. Although what I don't what I don't get because I haven't you know had the tutorial build up into the game or whatever about it is like. Mm. Does aiming actually matter? It's like, <laughs> you aim at someone's head to, like, make it a headshot instead of a body shot. It's like, why is that not just a toggle? Why do you actually have to physically move your aim there? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think that's a certain... Yeah, just to make it so you... Yeah. You know what? I don't know. I think, I think to, to a certain degree, like, the, the aiming mechanics for lancers makes sense, and if you're a tank, because you can choose to shoot at uh, a tank's body or its tracks... And um, yeah. so in that case, the aiming makes sense. But maybe if you don't aim at someone's head manually, maybe it doesn't even go for the headshots or something. Well, no, I imagine. Which, which, which seems dumb. Is it like that's in, in Fallout? You know. Kind of. When you, when, you, yeah, when you go to aim mode, the game sort of goes into this paused state where nothing shoots at you. Well, not that it's um, real time anyway. No, not that it's proper real time. It's kind of real time when you're moving your guy around the field. Um Okay, let's let's take a step back here. I might have to describe how this works. Um, when when at the start of your phase, you get shown the map, which nine times out of ten is a poor representation of the battlefield. <laughs> um, it will only show you some sort of elements, but doesn't show you like whether it's like uh, something you can hide behind or something. There's a lot of like marks on the map where you don't know whether they're like an actual wall or just a divot in the ground or something like that, or a change in the ground. Like, height differences are often shown by a slight change in the colour of the map, which is really difficult to see. Um, so, from the map... There you go, first rant over. From the map, you then pick one of your units that you want to move, and doing so uses up one of your command points, of which you have a limited number per turn. Um, and as soon as you do that, you get put in the shoes of that character... Um, and it goes, it zooms into the world and uh, of, of the battlefield, and you take full control over how they move in sort of classic shooter style, you know, with movement and look. Um, and you move them, and you have a certain amount of movement points um, to spend, um, how, however you wish, and one attack that you're allowed to do, or one action. Um, so you move your guy where you want to do, and you do your attack and move your action. But while you're moving, while you're in this moving state the enemy can counter-attack and shoot you if you walk too close to them. So that's the real-time bit. Um, while you're walking around the field, things can shoot at you still. Um, but if you go into the aiming state, then it goes all paused again, and you can line up your shot, and then it goes into a sort of classic Advance Wars to-and-fro combat state. Um, it's not really to-and-fro, right. is it? Well, is it is if case... the enemy is capable of counter-attacking. No. What enemy if, for instance, you counter-attacking... <laughs> Well, if a scout, for instance, shoots at a scout and doesn't finish it off, the other scout will shoot back. Um, same no. for, same provided they can see it. Like if you sometimes if you take if you attack someone from behind, they won't turn around to counter. Right. Things like that. Um, 
there are certain benefits to doing it. And but to be honest, a lot of the characters can't counter anyway. So like snipers don't counter, and um, lancers don't counter. Lancers are anti tanks. Um, so yeah, you get the real time element, and then you go to the aim mode where everything stops, and you can line up and choose what you want to do without being shot at, which is quite nice. But then as soon as you make your shot, it goes back into real-time mode. So if you're in trouble, you have to leg it the fuck out. <laughs> Shoot <Yeah>. and scoot. <laughs> Basically, your, be- your best bet is that if you're in- once you're where you need to be, if it's not particularly safe you're better off- and someone's still gunning it, you might as well just end the phase quickly. Or if you've accidentally moved up the field like in a desperate manoeuvre, if you've moved your guy up um, quite close, fired off an attack at someone, but oh shit, it hasn't quite finished the mob. Quick, end the phase before they shoot back at me too much. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a bit yes. crazy. It does lead to like the ridiculous tactics of like units with large movement bars, where it's like you can jump out yeah. of your cover, run all the way up to the enemy cover, shoot them, and then run all the way back to your cover. <laughs> yeah, scouts and engineers have a crazy movement distance. Which is great, because it means you can play incredibly sneaky with your scouts. Um, like some of the most... Actually, to be fair, most of the first few levels I completed by just running a scout um, round the back of the enemy and capturing when they weren't looking. And it's like, success! <laughs> or getting a scout right up to the enemy base and then grenading the fuck out of them and then capturing when they're all dead. Just because you can't capture when there's guys in in the enemy base. But if you clear out all the guys that are in the base, everyone else doesn't matter. Just get in there and cap. You win. Um, <laughs> uh, I see. A bit like TF in that respect, but <laughs> nothing like TF. Um, <laughs> or Advance Wars. Uh, yeah, like every game under the sun. Yeah. <laughs> so that the actual game bit, I think, plays out very well. It's quite good. It's quite well thought out. Even if the AI does seem to make quite a lot of moronic decisions. Uh, <laughs> that one mission that we were... It was like, it was a very large, open, flat area... But all the enemy did was just spawn snipers all the time. It's like, yes, it's a sort of a good place to use snipers, but I mean, come on, do something a bit different. <laughs> yeah, what spawn they really should snipers. have been doing is spawning anti-tanks to stop my tank rampage. <laughs> yeah. Because your tank just drove the fuck up there. Yeah. And you only have one all... tank. And if that yeah. goes down, you lose. Yeah. Although your tank is quite powerful compared to the others. Is your tank like your commander in... in yeah. You know? Supreme Commander, or well, yeah. the main character Welkin um, is the commander of this tank, and it's his dad's tank or something that they just happened to find in the uh, in the barn. And it's <laughs> way it... more awesome than every other tank in the world, conveniently. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess you haven't seen the heavier tanks yet, have you? Have you... <laughs> no, there, there's been one tank that in one of the sort of like events that happened mid-mission. Occasionally, there was one tank called the. I think it was called the Lupus, which I couldn't help but laugh at. Um, it's you know, not it's Lupus. lupus. <laughs> um, and that took a bit of a pounding. But he was did. He, medium or he, was he, heavy? He, um, I don't know. It was a special because it was a, a character's tank. Because right. I noticed on the end of level score sheet, it was like light tanks and then medium tanks and heavy tanks and then like bread thoughts or something. Yeah. Well, this is... The- the other thing that's worrying me is that playing this game takes a lot of time. The mission took about an hour, didn't it, Zach? Something like that? Yeah, probably. 
to do, which which isn't too bad. But then you probably have another hour of cutscenes and management to do before you get to the next mission, which makes progress quite slow. I'm at hour of chapter. Well, kind of. Well, cutscenes like, more than the management. Yeah, there, there's a lot more management. And if you're sort of paying it, if you want to go to the detail of uh, the bit I didn't show, Zach was um, you can you can have like 30 members in your squad and you can choose to deploy which ones you want. But there's more than that. There's more characters than that in the game. So you can choose to go through a, a roster and pick which of those... Sorry, 20 characters in your... Not 30, in your squad, I think. Um, but there's more characters than that and you can choose which ones you... You have to pick from the list uh, of which ones you could deploy in battle, not just the ones you actually choose to deploy in battle. Right. So there's like a... Pick me, pick me, system, um, <laughs> as well, and there's, a, and there's that to juggle. And it, it's sort of Final Fantastics esque. <laughs> yeah, but it's done in in the same way, vein as Skies of Arcadia. A lot of the bits of menu and bits of sequence take longer than they need to. So it's like when you go to a bit of like, oh, I want to go to the R and D department to to buy a new rifle. You go in there, then you then 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 it sits there for a bit while while it shows you the the sort of backdrop for it. And then a pop-up comes up with a bit of speech from some guy saying, hey, bro, how are you doing, man? And then, uh, literally, um, and then you can choose what you want to do. And then you exit, and then it's like, I'll see you soon, man. And then there's more text and dialogue. It's like, no, no, fuck off. Every time you make one of the updates, upgrades, he's like, oh, this is awesome. Or something. He says something then as well. It's like the so guys the on Freelancer take... that you have to click through when you want to upgrade yeah. your ship or something. It's like, and they're all yeah, the identical. Men, the, menus... <laughs> the menus take too long. The loading pauses are actually quite long in places as well, like how long it takes to load a cutscene, or even sometimes just switch to one of the other departments of your headquarters has a loading pause. And it's just like, uh... Sega, the... yeah, you're, 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 Sega tend to be the worst offenders for loading pauses. <laughs> it, it was a classic... Um thing that was, I can't remember whether it was actually a Penny Arcade strip or whether they were just talking about it in one of their podcasts but when they were talking about Valkyria Chronicles it was just like um, it was like Gabe gets super bored of all of the management stuff so it's like he'd just pass it off <laughs> it's like you do all my upgrades and tank management, I'll fight the actual battles <laughs> it's like cause they're, that's their like, their teamwork of like Gabe and in the real world is like more sort of the action, and then Taiko is like the cerebral. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like they worked as a team to do that game because Taiko would do the upgrades and management, and then Gabe would actually play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, makes sense. I think the game yeah. would be better off if it didn't have. I don't think it, it like the management stuff is bad. I just think that the way it's presented is Could not great. You know, the menus should be a lot slicker than they are. Well, they are just literally like words in a box yeah i know but it's just the speed of it it's just the speed of it you know you you want to be able to switch through menus pretty quickly and like most good rpgs have you know they have a a menu system you can slide about and get to wherever you want pretty quickly but there are like the unnecessary like layers to it where it's like now you have to leave book mode to go back to your headquarters yeah (laughs) it's just not all in one menu it's like two separate menus yeah, just to just to sort of clarify that it 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 gives the story progression a mode called book mode. So you have to be in book mode to choose which bit you want to play next and move on the story, rather than it just being oh you've got to this point now. 
And uh, I don't know. It's just needlessly complicated. Plus, but it's not helped by the fact that most of the... <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Plus, it's not helped by the fact that most of the story is typical Japanese cliche type stuff. <laughs> it and, is pretty and funny. paced really slowly and kind of aimed to too much of a younger audience I think would be my opinion well, there, there, was abs- there was absolutely no need for the uh, the, the porcavian pig <laughs> but it's like people have I, I kid you not porcavian I think this is another thing that was mentioned in the Penny Arcade podcast of like how how it's totally bizarrely fucked up with its tone where it's like really serious war murder death and then this, uh, this guy's like talking about bugs or something <laughs> it's like it's like holy shit give me some of that bread <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty awesome. So it's like, like set in a sort of, it's a sort of <laughs> Japanese version of European World War Two, right? Yeah. Rather yeah. than because Europa. It's not, yeah, it's nothing to do with the J- Japanese, which that they had quite a big part to play in World War Two. I see to recall. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah I think they're trying to, to avoid that, that tactfully. I see, by saying, oh, that part didn't exist. This is just yeah. our fictionalised version of the whole Nazi thing. Actually, they, they've removed America from the picture as well, as far as we can tell. So it's just Britain and Germany? It's it's the Alliance and Russia, in this case. Like oh, the Russia. Nazi, it's, it's Well, they're kind of like Russia, because Germany is kind of... In the terms of their map that they draw out, Germany would kind of be in the way. It's <laughs> So they just sort of thought, oh, oh that's see. lads. So it's like Red Alert 1, then. <laughs> kind except, of, yeah. except, except Japanese <laughs> fine. JRP. Well, Red Alert was su- kind of suitably ridiculous, I guess, in its cutscene. So you have War and Death mm. and then have insane cutscenes. <laughs> That's well, kind of similar. It, no, it wasn't as... Red Alert 1 was a bit more serious than Red Alert 2. A bit. Very long. It was still pretty cheesy. Yeah. The cutscenes weren't very long, though, either, were you? It's not, you always had more mission than cutscene. Well, yeah, well because... yeah, that was what would fit on the disc. I mean, those videos in yeah. Red Alert 1 were all really badly interlaced, and I never understood mm. quite why. Because if you watch them without the interlacing, they just squashed, obviously. It misses out every other line. It wasn't doing a vertical stretch on them, was it? In in Windows mode, if you played it in DOS mode, they were fine. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I see. So I it, would squish, it would stretch it all out, so it looked yeah. the right aspect ratio. But the DOS mode would have run at low res. Mm. Like anyway. like CNC the original, but yeah, old school. Um, really strange. And anyway, I have to say it's yeah, it just seems weird. It's like it could have been more than it is. Don't get me wrong. I think the gameplay element is fantastic, but all the story, all of the pace, and all of the just the mood of the game feels wrong. <laughs> this mood is wrong. Yeah, <laughs> damn it, wrong mood. You're not allowed mood. to be happy about bread when your country is about to be decimated. It's... Yeah, that makes sense. It's a, it's a, it's a bit light stupid. and shade. <laughs> yeah, there's too much light, not enough yeah. shade. Okay, but yeah, there'll be, a, visual... there'll be a, like a dark that, version. Not that that was saying that, that I do love the visual style though. But then again, that's like it's sort of advanced warsy, where it's like they were totally happy about fighting each other all the time and murdering tons of people. <laughs> that's that's true, but they didn't make too much of an effort. Of I don't know, maybe it's something about the top downness of it, where it it's doesn't feel abstract. quite so. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit. Yeah. It, yeah, it is a bit abstracted, and it's not because li- in Valkyria Chronicles, it's like the literal people are literal guys on the field, not 
like a unit, not like a little representation of five dudes that runs around. Yeah, it does make you care about not having your guys killed as well because they can permanently die and then they're not in your roster anymore. What happens? What would happen? Because at the start of the mission, it's like you'll fail this mission if your the main character dies. But what about the like close secondary characters, like the woman or whatever? What if she died? Yeah, it doesn't seem to put those as fail points, does it? That would quite fuck up the story. Maybe you'll find out. I wonder out. if that's worth trying. Just make an extra <laughs> save point, get everyone killed, and then... <laughs> well, you might find out organically by just cocking up. Yeah. But then, of course, you'll reload, because no one likes actually accidentally having someone die in a game. It's just the same as Final no. Fantasy Tactics, where it's like, permanent death, what? <laughs> just reload. Well, unless they're a shit character you don't care about, then it might be fine. But, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. All the really bored that... sounding guys. That's always funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. No. That's what you get. I, 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 I'm really reluctant to shoot this man. Or <laughs> well, that guy, the, the anti tank oh, guy who's like, I'd better I'll miss, as he is in fact missing. <laughs> that was great. I bet I'll miss. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Cheers, man. Awesome. How old is that game, then? It's quite old. 2008, I think. Hmm. Maybe earlier. Okay. Did it... What? It was an original PS3. I mean... Did you buy it in a shop? It's it wasn't a, an PS3 update exclusive. from an old No, I'm system. currently... I'm, I'm currently stealthily borrowing it, to be honest. But, oh, I see. Um, okay. No, no, Valkyria Chronicles was a PS3 original and exclusive. Mm. That's right. It has since had a sequel on PSP. Yep. And a third one on PSP on the way as well. Although people said that the tone of the PSP game is even worse than the PS3. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, like, the second game um, goes into... Um, it becomes a high school drama... <laughs> like, because th- th- this, this world—I mean, this world has the idea of conscription and stuff like that—and it's in, so. So, it, basically, the majority young, of I your guess. squad are kind of kids. Basically, <laughs> I mean, your your character—the main character—is twenty-two, and I think Alicia is like seventeen or something. And you can literally choose a twelve-year-old from the roster. <laughs> and no, like, that's kind of grim, soldiers. except it's yeah. not. <laughs> it's no. not in the game. No, they they just allow anyone to volunteer. Basically, <laughs> they don't, they don't have morals. Fuck this country. It's. <laughs> but yeah, so apparently the second game is even even worse from a mood tens but tens point <laughs> standpoint. So that's so I'll slog for it, but I'm a little okay. bit worried about how long it will be because the tech tree looks enormous. Oh gosh! And I've only made a little impact on it, and I've played it for about five or six hours. Yeah, well, let's see how it goes. I suppose. At least you know what it's about. You haven't seen the medium yeah. tanks, even or whatever. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, we've seen. I've seen medium tanks. Oh okay. Mostly lots of light tanks in that last mission. So yeah. 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 But yeah, it's 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 not bad. It's not bad. But you have to be prepared to put the time in. And put up with bread and moink. <laughs> Delicious. Moink. Are you playing anything else then? Uh yeah. I started dabbling with Need for Speed. Oh the yeah. Pursuit. A bit of the pursuit the pursuit. The pursuit uh, the of speed which pursuit. I need. <laughs> yes. 
I'm going to do my normal Criterion thing here uh, in the wake of Paradise <laughs> and say it's just not as good as Burnout. Right. It's that there's something missing. I mean, most of the time, I mean, Need for Speed doesn't have um, the kind of instant takedown tactic, but basically collisions just always seem to be detrimental to you. Unless you're the cop where you have to ram them. You know, if you're a racer, actually colliding with stuff is just bad. Don't do it. It's going to slow okay. you down. Um, but it kind of means that it loses, being a racer has become quite boring. Right, because you and don't so have that far, element of the takedowns. Yeah, you can't really be it's aggressive. And it's, uh, which is a bit disappointing. And, and, and so far, as I say, I'm only, I haven't played it much. I'm like literally the first two hours of it and it's um the, the hot pursuit modes at the moment are in the minority like i've had more time trials and more straight races than i've had actual busts or um run away from the cop type missions and it's like well you've kind of missold me so far <laughs> are there a lot of those burnout style preview events where you have to do there's, like a time there's been trial a couple already yeah for a car that you're not going to get for a while yeah th- those are back okay and it's um I never liked those anyway they were kind of irritating it's like, oh, and also back as as we meant I think we mentioned this even before you started playing this game is the incredibly unnecessarily long car unlocking sequences <laughs> yeah they are oh, quite yeah. long actually when I was showing I think I'm getting used to them when I first played it because you unlocked like two or three cars per race at the start of the game it's like you're having to sit through because the, the 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 screen appears for new car with its fancy graphics, then sort of thumps on the logo for the car, and then thumps on the logo for the name of the car, and then sits there for about ten seconds, <laughs> and then you get snap, 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 snap. There's your car. Look at it. It's shiny. It's um, like is that actually just a loading pause? It probably is. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's loading the rendered car in the background of the logos. But that's the thing when you go to pick your car. From when you choose the event you want to do, you don't have to sit through a pause that long. No, I guess not. And it's loading a lot of cars in that case. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I don't know why it's like that. And there's no like music to sort of carry the impact of the thing. That thing is pretty su- pretty quiet. Above <laughs> you mean it doesn't go? <laughs> no, it's not going out three. Um... <laughs> Kind of yeah. great. Goddamn. Yeah, it is great. And Burnout Revenge on Xbox was just as great, if not more great, in my opinion. But yeah, um, I'm still a, I'm I'm still a preferer of three over four, but it's close to be honest. Yeah, they're pretty much the same game, aren't they? So it's... Yeah, they're pretty similar. Oh, although yeah, obviously four introduced the traffic checking, which is a bit weird. But uh, it's a bit yeah. weird. Yeah, I'll I'll admit that was four's kind of downside, but it's, uh... but it looked a lot better on the 360, so. HD helps so much. Um, um, How do you think... What do you think of the sort of drifting compared to, say, Burnout 4? Well, the steering in general is even heavier than Burnout's. Yeah, it's heavier, I mean, Burnout's handling was was always a bit... You know, you move the stick completely to one side and nothing happens. But this is even worse. If anything, you move the other way. (laughs) (laughs) No, you... uh, I quite like once you're in a slide, it feels pretty good. It feels a yeah. bit, I said to Zach, it feels a little bit Ridge racer which never felt bad, just it doesn't feel right, you know, it's like, but it's, it, that's all right. I don't mind the sliding mechanics. It's a bit annoying when you're sliding around a corner and then you see something in your way because of the heaviness of it, your ability to adjust. 
um, and get out of the way of incoming traffic is very minor. You, you're really in trouble if something happens that you didn't expect. Um, yeah, it's 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 too heavy, honestly, because no car is that heavy. Yeah, it, no car's handling is that heavy. It's um, it, it, again, it's not right. But worse than all that, I have to think the game doesn't feel like it has any soul. I'm like with Burnout and stuff where things would be happening and you'd have like, you know, I love to Burnout's thing. Admittedly, it happens too often, but where things sort of like pop onto the screen, like grinding or trading paint or oh, yeah, yeah. takedown and shit like that. You know, it was, at least, it, it was at least doing stuff and it felt dynamic and stuff. This has boring text that comes up on screen saying, one mile to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the whole feel of the game feels like it has no soul. It has no... It, it strikes the wrong chord for me. The music choice in 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 the, in the middle of the race is not great. The because uh, it has that chitty bang version of remix of MGMT or something, which is like this doesn't fit with the game. Um, yeah, it's just and as I say, that car unlock sequence where there's no music and you're sat there for a while in silence before it goes click 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 car. It's like no, the the, the feel is all wrong. So you're not really enjoying yourself with it? Um, well, this is the odd thing. I sort of am, but for the wrong reasons. What so reasons? the gameplay, yeah. I, 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 it's incredibly pretty. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> and it runs like stink on my machine, so it's. Uh, I see. I see. You can't run that in 3D. No, it's very much not recommended for yeah. 3D use. Apparently, a lot of it doesn't work. I haven't bothered trying. Um. Plus, so it had like... issues on my machine with running in 1080. It sort of becomes weirdly stuttery. Not, mm. not like the frame rate is lower, but just oddly stuttery. Um, oh, okay. So I've had to lower the resolution on my computer to get it to run smoothly. So it seems to have some graphical oddness. Plus, there's no anti-aliasing, which on a PC is kind of an odd decision. And I can't even force there to be anti-aliasing and make it turn on. Um, mm. So it looks a bit worse than it should. However, saying that, it runs at the frame rate it should always have run at. Yeah. 60 frames per second or 120 in my case and looks the business. And it it's... still has those crazy lightning storms going on. And Yeah. Like, have you seen any of those? What's One, the, the, I think. There's a, a fuss about those. I mean, how good do they really look? <laughs> Um, I've seen one in the distance. <laughs> you know, it wasn't actually part of the end. The rain looks good. I can say I've seen the rain firsthand. Cool. And... Uh, that looks pretty damn good, actually, because the, just the spray coming off the back of the cars looks pretty nice. Does it change the handling? Uh, no. <laughs> it's <pretty laughs> okay. Okay. Um, as far as I can tell, but it's an incredibly pretty game. I have to say, they've done something very, very nice with it. But yeah, it's not the game. It should. I don't know. I don't understand. The worst thing. This is the real kick in the teeth. Actually, is that last year it won the best online experience didn't it or something um what from from, for, uh, from some award ceremony something big it won like it might have been a BAFTA or something ridiculous like that like a video game BAFTA or something like that but it won best online experience and i'm just sitting there going did you not play blur yeah and it's like <laughs> I, I, I can't forgive it because it's not as good a game as blur not in any they way mean for racing because surely halo reach would be uh... i don't know i think it won it overall overall Okay, like just best online, you know, <laughs> not not genre based. 
Mm. And I'm mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there going, if you were going to give it to a racing game, give it to Blur. It is far superior. Mm. And it's like, sorry, Need for Speed. I, I know I'm ranting on you a little bit. You're a good game, that I'm, but I have to pick holes because you're not as good as the other things I've played recently. Fair enough. And, I you're think not, it... and, you're, and you're not as good as what you've done before, Criterion. Sorry, you're just not. I think it's due a bit of criticism there. Because I think people are being a bit bowled over by those graphics. People are not going to look back on this and think... I don't know. Because I think they're also comparing to previous Need for Speed... Recent Need for Speed games not being so good yeah. as well. And, well, actually, and they yeah, just if you were to consider part, it in that light... Fixed, and partly, yeah. like, nostalgia for Need for Speed used to be good and now it's good again. It's kind of yeah. in- boosting the review scores, I think. I mean, I think yeah, that... if you consider it in that light, it is one of the best Need for Speed games I've played in recent memory. Yeah, um, but I haven't played I haven't played Shift to any degree, but I don't really cla- count that as a classic Need for Speed. It's just got the name, yeah. um, and it's and and for Need for Speed, yeah, great direction to go in. I can't complain with that at all. But play Burnout Revenge. Yeah, right. <laughs> just do that instead. It's better. Make another Burnout and make it awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, speaking of making another Burnout, have you heard about the Crash. the Burnout spin-off they're doing? Is that Burnout Crash? Is that... Or, yeah, something you know, like... Well, no, it's not even really Crash. It's like a top-down thing, yeah. Is it, is it for called, um, smartphones? Is it for smartphones? I think it was going to be like an arcade release. Like It's a, like a, it's a puzzle game based on the uh, on the, on the Crash, crash mode, mode, I think. That sounds kind of fun. Not a racing game at all, but... Well, it already awesome. was a puzzle game, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was good. I mean, I'd, I'd play that. If it was on the iPhone, I'd, I'd probably play that. But from top-down, what kind of... <laughs> the trouble yeah, is when I, the, I, don't know. I can't visualize this correctly because I'm sure it's not. No. When I see it, I just see like GTA 2. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure I have better graphics than that. I don't know. Those graphics were okay in 2D. Had nice coloured 2D lighting in GTA 2. <laughs> anyway. Oh, and the other confusing thing I wanted to say on the subject of Burnout and 3D um, Burnout Paradise. Um, mm. is actually, when you install the F- NVIDIA 3D drivers, you get a slideshow of, like, um, screenshots from games that they say, oh, play in 3D, this will work. And Burnout Paradise is one of them. Except on my machine, it runs glitchy as hell. <laughs> it's like, it, 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 yep. it, not because the graphics are bad, but because the frame rate suddenly goes incredibly twitchy. Even if I turn 3D mode off, um, with 3D vision enabled, it just goes all a bit twitchy. A bit strange, and it's like I've had this running on this machine absolutely fine in the past. Why is it now not working because 3D Vision is installed? So yeah, Nvidia fail. Okay. <laughs> so how are we doing? Is that all the stuff you've been playing? Um, I'm sure there was more, but that's the important shit. Okay, so uh, me and you played a bit of Portal 2 Co-op. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten about that. So yeah. uh, we, how far <laughs> we got? No, we're like halfway no. through with that, aren't we? But I thought we'd take this opportunity to talk a bit about Portal 2 since I have finished it now, obviously. And I went Can, through it. Shall we at uh, this point sort of shout in and go, possible spoiler alert? <laughs> yeah, do you like, think. Dan's finished it. Everyone else in the entire damn world better have by now. <laughs> what, do you think we're going to go straight into spoiler? There, yeah, let's do it. Should we just say. Hey, spoiler we'll alert! Have our spoiler cast bit now. Because I don't Whoop. think there's that much to. S- I, how long do you think we're going to talk? Because I need to talk about Elie Noir, so. Um, oh, yeah. Oh. Let's just do a bit of 
<laughs> Maybe yeah. you should do that first. Yeah, no, fuck yeah. it. Talk about L.A. Noir. Yeah. Okay, and then we can always record a special spoiler cast if we need to spend an hour talking about Portal 2 backstory, <laughs> which I want to do. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, the games I've been playing. Okay, uh, um, I played a bit of Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Uh, I, I like that game, but I'm starting to think that I prefer Assassin's Creed 2, even though the combat in Brotherhood is better. If they sort of if they patch that into two or something. I don't know. I didn't think it was that bad in two anyway. So I just like the cities much better in, in two. And uh So it's more about the setting rather than the mechanics that are holding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't ruined anything. Mechanics are virtually identical apart from improving the combat. Um but the setting I don't like quite so much. I mean Rome is huge and it's not as it hasn't got as much character to it as um Venice or Florence and also I'm finding it very annoying because you can use a horse to go anywhere and they're these big sort of the hills of Rome and sort of countryside areas but the hills are in made in such a way that it's quite hard to find your way to the top of them like when you're navigating the map you end up running into a cliff that you have to then skirt all the way around just to get to the top so when you're looking at the map you can't really tell how you need to where you need to go, the path you need to take in order to get mm. to where you need to go because you keep running across a big you know, a big cliff that you can't even climb when you're off your horse, let alone you know, take your horse with you and and vice versa, that you, you want to you're on top of a big cliff and you need to get down to somewhere below and, So basically uh, more map fail Yeah, it's, well the problem is it would be alright if it had the GTA style sat nav and it, and it doesn't, mm. you know if you could just press or Red Dead style press, I need to go here, and it shows you a, a, a circuit route that you need to take. That would be a lot better. Uh, but uh, And it happens all the time, because Rome is like full of hills. I don't know, it's the seven hills of Rome or something? Anyway. Yeah. Um, is that right? Yeah. Something like that. So, yeah, so um, that's a real pain. Uh, and so, yeah. But, I mean, it's a good game. It's definitely good. But um, we've just announced uh, another game for this year. Uh, Assassin's, Cre- Assassin's the... Creed Revelations. <laughs> so this is the final chapter of the Ezio story. So they're stretching Ezio into three games, having originally, presumably originally the plan was, okay, Altair first game, Ezio second game, another Assassin third game, bish bash bosh. But, but then it they... sold so well that they thought. And oh, Ezio well, was a cool character, is a cool character, and he's much better than Altair. And uh, the Renaissance setting is suits it almost better than the middle. The middle the sort of crusade setting of the first game. So, mm. <coughs> but the, the the thing about this new one is it's going to have, it's going to be set in Istanbul or Constantinople as it was known. And it's, so that's kind of halfway geographically between Italy and, uh, you know, Israel or wherever, uh, you know, Jerusalem. Yeah. Mm. So, and, and it's going to have both characters. So, presumably, you'll play as different time zones as as, as Ezio <laughs> and as Altair. And, and that's what everyone's probably... been sort of worried about. Yeah, it's like, no, no. <laughs> can we not have stupid time travel puzzle yeah. solving where it's like so if you do something yeah. in one time, it modifies it in the other time? <laughs> so, it, presumably, it'll have that. And also, there's no way of knowing whether the the Brotherhood mechanic of the Guild of Assassins will transfer over from Brotherhood into the new game because 
Maybe only Ezio's time. <laughs> Maybe it won't at all. Who knows? Anyway, so but it's like, goddamn, I'm, I'm, I have to get through Brotherhood now. But I mean, it's good. It's really good, high quality. And I've been doing the little um, Leonardo's War Machines missions. I've done a couple of those, and they're really cool set pieces. You know, the first one was really stealthy, and mm. I just had to do one where I had to use canals and I had to follow this gondola through these canal systems and then at the end i got to use a kind of a boat with a cannon on to destroy a whole bunch of man of war ships so it's it's way cool but i just think i just think it's not quite as good as two but uh it's not really surprising can't really I suppose. explain it's just, why yeah it's just a i think it's just a feeling i think mechanically it's uh as good and the storytelling is probably just as good although it does feel like they're kind of extending a story that they well, they didn't finish it in two, but um, it seems like not as many dramatic things are quite happening in this one. Um, but I'm sure that'll change. I mean, because they introduced well, new because characters it's like, and stuff. It's because they haven't moved to a different time period. It's like they've stretched out the story they had for that time period, yeah. I guess. Even and nothing, in the modern sense. And nothing's really happening. I thought more would be happening in the modern day, but so far not much has been going on in the modern day since. Well, the I'm presumably they had they had the modern day stuff synced up to like the different time periods, and now that they've extended this time period, they're also just stretched out the modern day stuff that would have covered that time period or something. Maybe, but I have a feeling they'll do something crazy at the end of this game in the modern period, as they always seem to do. Or they're always something that you want to know more in the next one. So that'll be what'll happen. But because the next one's called Revelations, it's like, <laughs> we're still not going to find anything out until the next game, are we? And I haven't even finished this one, and I already know that nothing is going to be explained until, <laughs> until the well, next one. The annoying one. thing is, is how is this going to fit in with the... Well, not that I care about this storyline, to be honest, but the... Uh... The, the the actual animus storyline and stuff because they seem to be focusing on these two guys. Do they think it's like Ezio mainly? Do they think that it's a uh, um, that they're getting close or something? And then they realise they've been ch- barking up the wrong tree for ages or something. At the end, I doubt they'll just. I doubt they'll just not count Ezio because he's like, <laughs> you know, it's obviously going to come in. They're going to have to write their way into an explanation for everything. So uh, I'm sure they'll pull something off. But anyway, uh, so. Good game, but um, uh, I would suggest playing two if you hadn't, if if, if you were interested and hadn't played that. Is it is it just me, or is it starting to reek slightly of milking it? I mean, I know it's good. Slightly, the, the it, thing if is, it's a good thing, then there's lots of it. Yeah, not normally a bad thing, but seriously, and just one year until the next game comes out, that seems yeah, awfully I know. fast. Well, that's what we thought about Brotherhood, and it's really high quality, and there's loads of it, but uh, it is slightly the same game. It. Yeah, although Istanbul is at least... I think I have a feeling Istanbul's going to have more character than Rome, put it that way. Mm, just to, just because it's a different, you know, different architecture. Different country. Different country, different time, all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, we shall see. But uh, still enjoying it. Anyway, I should get on to uh, L.A. Noir since... Uh, uh, <laughs> we're going to run out of time again. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. So... Uh, L.A. Noir, you guys have seen it because you saw the mm. case that we played a case. Uh, I got you guys over to watch. Oh my I mean... god, the face! Yeah, so the faces. <laughs> it's so... maximum face. <laughs> it is maximum. I don't face. think it's maximum face in that sense, though. No, unfortunately, no one has a maximum face. <laughs> so first things first. But that's kind of the point. It's like subtle face. <laughs> if you don't Jesus already know, face. um, so. 
Red Dead Redemption turned out to be Grand Theft Horse. Uh, and this, L.A. Noir, is not Grand Theft 1947, as it could easily have been. But it is not. It is a straight, basically, uh, an adventure game. Straight, linear adventure game. I mean, it it has taken the adventure game and really upgraded it for the modern day, unlike, say, the Telltale games, which are basically the same as the old games. Aren't they? Just with nicer mm. graphics. But they're basically yeah. the same as... Nothing has changed in that genre. They since haven't really the, changed the fundamentals the... of how they worked. No, since, like, Grim Fandango, nothing has really changed in... Or even earlier in adventure games. This is both most definitely an adventure game and also an evolution. And uh, it's it's so um, so it's linear. Um, it's split and it's very nicely episodic. Uh, so it's split into individual cases that come up with a title card, and then and there is an overarching story. Uh, but uh, you can play one case at a time. They take about an hour and maybe an hour and a half for the longer ones. Uh, and uh, they each have their own cast of characters, and uh, so. I mean, you guys know how it works, right? I mean, what, what do we need to explain? So basically, the mechanics are... Get evidence. <laughs> discover yeah, crime, evidence. get evidence, interview people, charge. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, you you move between locations by driving through an open world, perfect recreation of Los Angeles, 1947. Although, and there are these um, side missions you can do. You get dispatch calls while you're driving between places to do little action sequences but i have because the thing is like in the game like red dead i i always go and do the side stuff in between missions right uh just to get Mm. my overall completion up and i like having something distracting that's not the core game whereas in this well when they worked yeah when they work well i don't just mean that i don't just mean the um the random events. I mean, also oh, okay. the, like yeah. side side missions. Whereas in this, I get well, so wrapped work. up in the cases that I basically <laughs> never respond to those dispatch calls because I'm I want to get to the next person to interview or whatever, and I'm interested in what's going on. And uh, so I haven't really done any of those, but <clears throat> but I guess it's good that they're there. And once you're done with a desk, you project you progress through different crime desks. You know, you start at the traffic and then you go into homicide and vice and everything. Um, once you're done with all the cases in that, you can go into a free roam mode in that desk, and you can then do the side missions then hmm. afterwards. So you can still do them, even if you don't do them while you're driving around doing the cases. Anyway, uh, yeah, there's a lot to explain about how this game works, isn't there? But, um, so... It's more say? of a call-your-bluff game, isn't it, really? It's yeah, like, so... What, but the, the majority of the gameplay is in responding to what people say and discovering, you know, deciding how to play the next card, whether you doubt what they're saying, whether it's an outright lie, or yeah. if you're going to just accept what they've just said. And it's, so it's basically... more a game about playing that to get more information to help you make an informed decision. Exactly. Well, um, basically, well, at first, because I like Grand Theft Auto games so much, and etc., I was initially a little bit disappointed in that it was so linear and also i didn't i mean the first thing you said when you saw it was you thought the sort of mix of the city and stuff looked you know they'd I, really think, I think it's things. a step up i personally didn't feel that at first or maybe i just didn't think it was up enough but i i often seem to see buildings in the background that aren't loaded in properly and i keep seeing things like that and 
being a, I was a bit annoyed about that at first. I've, uh, I've seen some comparison based stuff. It appears that if you're talking about like texture quality not being up to snuff and some things in the distance and stuff, it does seem to be mostly an Xbox problem. Yeah, so there's some that the like... PS3 version in general seems to handle distance textures a lot better. Yeah. But it's like because it's a real city, it's a real recreation of 1947 Los Angeles, unlike Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead, where every area of the map is designed with a purpose at some point in the game. This is just streets, you know? Mm. Just, you know what I mean? So unlike Liberty City, which is a perfect, spot-on, feeling recreation of, uh, of New York, but everything has a purpose uh, for the game. This is just literally Los Angeles. And Los Angeles itself is a sprawling city, uh, isn't it? Of, um, you know, it doesn't have, it has character, but almost not in its geography. The character it has is that it's mm. sprawling and doesn't really make any sense, unlike New York, which has very distinct districts and, uh, boroughs and, you know, geography of Bridges. the islands and stuff. This is just flat, you know, street upon street upon street of Los Angeles. But uh, that doesn't really matter because, um, so at first I was kind of getting a bit disappointed, but then you start getting into the cases and it has that, what you talk about, Rob, it has that hook. Like once you start mm. getting into the um, stories and everything about it, you just want to go back and play the next, play the next one, you know? Yeah. It really it's, has the, a hook well, to it. The, or... the one I saw was kind of like it's, it felt a little disconnected, but presumably it's it's got this you know, like a lot of like TV drama had this overarching yeah. plot. Eventually, the stuff yeah. start to come in, and you can't help but wonder, well, well how's it gonna? Where's it going? Where's it going? What are you yeah. Gonna do? Well, that you saw one of the ones on the homicide desk, and I think the homicide desk is the first where you start to get the overarching story. In fact, I think okay. that desk yeah. itself has its own kind of self-contained overarching story throughout the cases on the homicide desk, and then there's a there's a, there's a whole story for Phelps himself, the main character. Uh, yeah. So, um, so when you're doing the, you ask the questions in the interview, and the faces are absolutely amazing. Uh, I don't know. Would you agree? I mean, I think they're. Stunning. I think it's more on the the quality of the animation, not in the quality of how of detail in the face. Well, exactly. I mean, I mean they are slightly stylized in that they don't really look like skin. Sort. No, but it's got the GTA problem, I think, in that respect, where the GTA engine just isn't very good at rendering a lot of really high detail stuff. But it's the shape of the faces that is exactly the same as a real human face of the actor. Mm. And the way they move, that it's just, and the way it's doing it all in real time without being, you know, pre rendered like in a. Without struggling. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And you really can tell, you know, emotions and things with it. I mean, the acting in it, as far as that, is really good. And so you've got. I mean, fair uh, play to them for going all out with getting a decent <laughs> cast. Yeah, they've done it really well it. there. It needed it. <laughs> so you ask the question, and then uh, truth, doubt, lie are the options. Now, it is very important to understand what those things actually mean, and it actually takes quite a while to to figure it out, if, because it doesn't te- train you that well. You have to work it out from trial and error, exactly what those things mean. I mean, because um, lie means you have evidence already in your notebook from finding uh, objects and things in the world, and prior questions, that proves that what they're saying is not true okay so if they're saying something that you think is a lie but you have no evidence to back it up you press doubt right 
Or doubt can also mean they're not lying, but they're holding something back. Okay, hmm. so that is so that's, that's important to understand. Yeah. yeah, so you doubt them if they're, if they're telling the truth, but they're obviously holding something back that's going to help your investigation, right? And uh, I and the thing I discovered from sort of restarting a few cases and stuff is that there's only one right answer to every question. And um, you'd think that would be obvious, but say there's a case where it's the correct answer is lie, but you haven't found the evidence that you need to imp- to tell to to show that they're lying, right? And you can see from their face that they're lying. So if you press lie, then you have to select the evidence which you don't have, so you get that question wrong. If you press doubt because you know they're lying but you can't prove it, that's also wrong. You cannot get that question right if you don't have if you haven't previously found that evidence. Oh, I see. And I've but also you can't found believe that... it, but you can't believe it either because then you're yeah, believing something you can't say that it's you know true. not to be true. So you cannot get that question right. And there are I've found instances where I think you can only find evidence that proves that what they're saying is is a lie from getting a previous answer uh, uh, right with another person, which will then provide you with evidence. So say oh, because uh, of because of what they've said. Yeah, so say a previous a previous uh, interviewee, uh, you thought they were holding something back. You said they were telling the truth, but if you'd said doubt, they would have provided you with like a license plate number of a taxi or something, and then you could use that to prove that the subsequent person was was tell- was lying. But because you got that question wrong, you didn't get that license plate number. Then you then nothing you can do to get that subsequent question right. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so this leads seems... to the interesting question: Does it actually is replaying a good idea in this? That's game? the thing. Is, uh, it, is it like I Heavy think... Rain, where actually replayability is kind of encouraged, but at the same time discouraged because you know the the path? Uh... It's just like that in that it's encouraged because things can turn out differently depending on how you the case, in which order you ask questions, etc., what evidence mm. you find. But, of course, having played through it once, you know almost everything about the case, almost mm. inevitably. Even if you get every answer wrong, you know all the characters, and you know who's probably done it, etc. Uh, so, both, basically. I've... The problem I think I'd have with it is that for a lot of the case, you'd probably just be going through the motions to get to the point where you fucked up last time. It's, yeah, uh... it's exactly like that, because you can't restart that line of questioning. You have to go... I mean, you could turn your console off, or whatever, or you could quit to the menu and come back in, but you've probably mm. lost progress, and that progress probably involved finding evidence, and that would mean you had to just walk around that apartment again and pick up the exact same objects. Uh, so it wouldn't yeah. be... So it's trying to discourage I, I you from... I don't uh, think that'd be a from... great idea to do, really, from no. an experience point of view. So basically, you're supposed to you're supposed to not mind about getting questions wrong because it doesn't actually matter because you can't fail really. I mean, you can lock the wrong person up, but it doesn't stop you progressing. Unlike a traditional adventure game, where if you can't figure out the puzzle, you're stuck. You can't get stuck in the L.A. Noir, uh, which I think is, I mean, that is kind of a more modern. That's kind of bringing the adventure game it, it, into a more modern. Sort it, it, it is the modern style. way of thinking, but I wonder if 
I don't know if I sort of a bit of, a bit of me wants to say I don't like that because it's no longer a game, really, is it? It's kind of it's it it's doing the heavy rain thing in that it's an interactive bit of entertainment instead, but it's and that it's wrong to call it a game. I don't mind it sort of if it was trying to outright. You know, I, I think the, the the fact that the game has like case ratings and stuff and seems to score you on how well you did is is against the point. If it was well, billing if itself it as, as an interact, yeah. That's the thing. Then you do care about the star ratings. And then you could get very frustrated because if you want to get everything perfectly right the first time, it's extremely hard. I mean, maybe some people are much better at the, uh, you know, emotional attunement that you need to be able to get the questions right. Like, I I mean, we had... we. It's quite fun to play (laughs) as a consensus. I mean, it was fun to play all in one room where we could all yeah, yeah collaboratively unlike almost all games it, it it's really fun to do that way and um yeah i can see that it's a, it's a lot more interesting from an observer point of view exactly because I it mean, is I... like watching tv tv you can slightly shape exactly so it really is an interactive fiction thing and i really like i mean that the atmosphere on of it is very well do- very well done i, I even got my mum to come and have a look at it and she has always occasionally come and looked at a computer game and always said mm. in a very patronising way, that's nice, honey, and all that. <laughs> uh, literally never been interested in computer games at all. Like, I mean, like, Zach, your your mum has a Game Boy with Tetris and she played a bit of um, Wii Fit or whatever. She bought, they got a Wii or whatever. They're, they're like... Yeah, and she plays of, the... Um, yeah. What is it? Professor Layton... <laughs> So that's like a more normal level, I think, of general population. That's why the Wii is sold so well. Whereas my mum is just straight no to everything, not interested. This genuinely was interested. She even said, this is the first time I've ever seen a computer game and thought to myself, I could I could get this for myself and play this, you know. And then the combat sequence happens. Well, that's what I said to her. I said, well, it, the trouble is it would take... Uh, it, it, I mean, you... For all the, I mean, you can skip the action sequences if you fail them a certain number of times, uh, which is kind of a interesting feature they put in there for people like my mum, I suppose. Mm. But the trouble is, she wouldn't be able to um, navigate the character around the world with a third-person camera. That would take a while, you know, to to learn that, and she would have to push past that. Uh, but anyway, it's just the fact that she was even interested is um, mm. is a real step forward because she could tell from the way people looked. Uh, she probably got more. I, I I did better with her uh, than I would have done on my own. You know, the, with the well, yeah. As I say, maybe maybe for people like that, it's a, it's a sort of it's not it's a gateway game in the sense that maybe it's not a game they actually play. You know, yeah. like like we did. You know, just the fact that they're being there and you know and enjoying the story is enough. Exactly. Which is I mean, nice. I think that's a great idea. I mean, a heavy rain had the same effect. In that Naomi didn't mind watching me play that because yeah. it was uh, engaging for anyone sort of involved. <laughs> and I also think it helps that this is quite literally a release procedural. It's almost, you know, that it's straight. You know, there's so been so many films and so many uh, TV series that have been police procedural throughout the years, all all the way from Dragnet that was actually on at the time. Uh, mm. that this game is set all the way to through Columbo and everything up to present day and so many people love you know really like them and they they they're kind of already attuned to oh okay this is the, it's the same detective every week but there's a new cast of characters for 
uh, you know, who might who might be the suspects and who's the victim, etc. And they're attuned to getting those names in their head and understanding who's in the story and how it works. And it's exactly the same for each case in L.A. Noire. And in a way that's slightly confusing if you're a gamer because you're not used to picking up a whole new cast of characters for each segment yeah, of the not, game. It's not really the damn thing, is it? This no. is kind of the bold... In a way, it's quite a bold step because they're having to use more incidental characters, I suppose, than than many other games. Well, as I say, I say incidental characters, but they're probably using a lot of big cast member names for characters that have a relatively small role in the thing, like a TV show cameo. Exactly. They're never going to appear I mean, again. we criticised Mass Effect for doing that with Colonel Ty, or whatever his name, real name is. Yeah. Because um, he seemed like a pretty good guy to put in place of an actual fairly small role. Yeah, um, and it didn't make sense in the Mass Effect sort of way. But for this, I wholeheartedly can get behind it. It's like little cameo roles make sense because of the sort of serial nature of it. And I think this serial episodic nature is perfect, much better than the Telltale stuff for literal episodic content. Like if they started doing DLC cases, I would be so up for. I would pay for those. I'd be so up for that. That'd be great. You know, if it, you know. Do you see what I mean? I think mm. it would be really good. If if they did one every month or something, it would be so awesome. I was about anyway. to say, yeah, if you got onto a winner with a proper hook and, yeah, as I say, make it frequent and good enough each time that they get involved, holy crap, you've probably invented a new genre. Exactly. You've, made, that, you know, you've gone beyond the uh, the concept of episodic content and made it good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think that would be so cool. And, Actually, uh, yeah, I'm behind you on that one. Yeah. And as far I think as the... if someone did it well and did it well, this would be the key, I think, actually sort of making it, because um, L.A. Noir is, uh, as, as a concept, is like for a bit of interactive entertainment at full game price may still be daunting to those that haven't quite sort yeah. of grasped the idea that this isn't really a game, you know, so the hardcores might be put off slightly, or the GTA fans might be put off slightly, shall we say, and the... Uh, but at the same time, the casuals might be put off because it's still got this kind of air of this is a big title. Um, I mean, even the casuals it. might this be is put a big off. Game. And they might like, even be. They, were to... they might Sorry, even yeah. be put off by the fact that there's a big red 18 on the front of the box, <laughs> uh, yeah, which true. is there for good reason. You know, mm. it's pretty gruesome in places. Yeah, but which yeah. in terms of a game usually means chainsawing someone in half, and it's um, <laughs> or something equally ludicrous, and it's. Uh, but the point I'm trying to make is that if they sort of, if perhaps it came in as uh, that style of game on a on a format that everyone had, maybe as an iPhone game or maybe as something that was easily obtainable on the PC, you know, I don't know, or maybe even Wii. I know, I, I know, I'm, I'm, I sort of feel the hate coming at me as I say that. You know, <laughs> that the Wii is an accessible console. If they were to make a game of this style with the tech. On an accessible console, which might not happen yet, maybe we too is the uh, will, will be the, the the sort of go to for this, and make it episodic, and that the the entry price for the first episode is low, then perhaps they're onto something new and a winner. But for where we are now, I'm really liking La Noire as it is. Mm. Uh, uh, it's it's really good. I mean, it's just so absorbing. And you just want to play the next one the moment you finish the previous one. And it's one of those rare games where, even though I think it's not as polished as GTA or, or other Rockstar games, 
in some senses. I mean, obviously the face stuff is really polished, but just little things like the way we couldn't accuse that other guy and I didn't quite understand why. And I think it was because I hadn't collected enough evidence on him and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now I'm thinking maybe neither of those guys had done it. And anyway, but um, little polished things that aren't quite there, but just the hook of it, the way it, it, it's one of the few games uh, you, re- you know you really like a game if you're thinking about it when you're not playing it, you know? Mm. Like I used to have that with Grand Theft Auto and stuff, but uh, <laughs> uh, so um, I've yeah, dreamt and it Team makes Fortress. you yeah, exactly. Anyway, so we're running out of time now, but uh, oh, and the face this must stuff. be like three or four minutes at this point. Yeah, we got like four minutes. Um, yeah. uh, the face stuff um, needs to be in, obviously from my mum's reaction. That stuff needs to be in games in the future. Every you know, everything's going to have that in. So it's somehow avoids Uncanny time. Valley. Other than yeah. other than I'd like to say I still think there's probably a, a slight mocap challenge in the sense that the face and the body yeah. still look well, a that's... bit disconnected at times. Well, they're talking about... Because this has been... It's sold well already. So they're talking about mm. full capture for possible sequel or whatever they'll do next. Um, but I think... Uh, this will be in all games eventually, but I think it presents an immediate problem for Mass Effect 3. That's not going to look good, yeah. you know. That is. But a then problem. again, heavy rain put a problem on Mass Effect as well, to be honest. But a lot of Mass yeah. Effect voice work isn't, you know, facial animation isn't actually tuned, is it? It's kind of auto. It's you know, it's it's not like each bit of speech has had the face animation done for it, or at least it no. doesn't look like it. Especially with the yeah. aliens, they've sort of made it so they, yeah, they've had a sort of like a a sneaky preview. <laughs> So I know Mass Effect 3 has been delayed by a couple of months, which I was quite happy about, you know, because it feels like it needs a bit more time, uh, you know, to make I'm a bit more annoyed about Gears of War. I thought that was supposed to be coming out, like, now, but it's not coming out till September. Oh, well, at least it's this year. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I know, but it was supposed to be last year. <laughs> was it? Shit. I think it was, it was originally pencilled for a 2010 holiday. And, uh, oh, right, okay. Well, there was the laid that by a year. Anyway. A but, year. Uh, Boo. So, <laughs> yes, everyone take up this face tech. But in the meantime, Eleanor is awesome, and I'll definitely talk about it lots more next time. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. i kind of run out of time on that. And uh, we'll have to decide what to do about Portal 2's spoiler casting. <laughs> I'm yes. sure we'll find one week where we can fit it in without having to actually make a separate thing. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, true. You guys can finish the, finish the cart before we do that. We'll finish the cart, yeah, before I... I have a very I quick other the... game I should probably mention, actually. Okay. Very fast, because I can get it in in a few minutes. Um, okay. I have... Uh, I, Eddie showed me Fight Night Champions. Oh, yeah. And uh, not, I, knew, I knew this would be something I can do quick, because you guys aren't that fast. So, but <laughs> it's... I have to say, personal opinion... Fighting is a step back from previous editions of the game. I think it's a bit too much of a flail fest now, and some of the uh, the physics are impressive, like how where your character actually stands makes and the physical location and how the fists sort of react with each other is definitely a step up. It's nice to see sort of it looks cool when fists go through blocks. Um, however, okay. as a game, that that makes it really irritating because you can get hit through blocks on occasion because of the way the fists just happen to fly, and it's like. It feels a bit random. I know there's a skill to it. I didn't get the skill to it, and so Eddie will be angry at me for saying I don't like it for those reasons, probably. Um, but and and they've also gone back to 30 frames per second rather than 60. So nah. Um 
But the story mode, holy crap, that's what these games should have had from the start. It actually sort of makes it feel cool, and there's a number of interesting scenarios and interesting fights that come out of it, and it's uh, oh, cool. having a story in a boxing game makes total sense. Like the crazy Mortal Kombat story in the new one, which is an amalgam of all the previous ones <laughs> or something. Yeah, I hear kinda. that's supposed to be it's good. Sort of, it makes sense and sets up some unique fights, which is cool. And uh, there's a point to it. It's like, great, carry on with that idea. It's now now make the fighting system a bit better. Awesome. Well, we're out of time now, so uh, 20 Wait. seconds. Time <laughs> for one more train. 20 seconds, jeez. One more train, okay. I timed that well. You did time that well. Okay, thanks for joining us on the Saladcast. Woo! There goes the train. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, join us again next uh, next time for more Portal 2, etc. Bye, everybody. Whoop, whoop, Bye. Whoop. <laughs>